Hello, I'm Sean Connery. And if you're like me, you just poured yourself a stiff drink, smacked a woman, and are listening to the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 86 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Will. Corey. Eric's not with us today. Eric actually called in sick um, to the Thumbstick. Well, texted in sick this morning, so uh, hopefully he gets better and is ready to go for next week. He's um, playing hooky. <laughs> playing hooky. Well, actually, he told me he even like called in sick to work. So, um, And that's, that's a, I, being a former employee there, that's a real pain in the butt. So I know that... Uh, you, you don't do it unless you really mean it. Yeah. It's not uh, not a good place to play hooky at, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, but, yeah, this is gonna, episode 86. We're going to be talking uh, controllers today. It's the next installment in our Gaming 101 series. Uh, by the way, today's March 13th, 2013. Um, let's get into some teasers. We, well, we're going to be obviously talking about the whole SimCity um, catastrophe at this point. It's uh, the plot really thickened over this past week uh, that it, that the game's been out. So I'm, I'm excited to get down to talking about that a little bit more. And then we have uh, Knights of Pen and Paper for iOS to talk about later. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, nibble bits. I will get us started with nibble bits this week. I don't know if I do it usually or not, but. I'll get us started. Uh, XI3 announced the pricing and release window for the its unofficial Steam box this weekend. The Piston, as it's called, will launch with the starting price of $1,000 and will be available this holiday. You can also save $100 by pre-ordering by March 18th. Um, the specs that were available that I saw are 128GB solid-state drive, 8GB of RAM, and a 3.2 gigahertz quad-core processor. Uh, there's nothing I could find about the graphics capabilities, um, of the system, um, but it does have modular component upgrade system, which means it should be easy to upgrade. Um, for a thousand dollars, hopefully, it's easy to upgrade because that's insanely expensive, especially if you couldn't couldn't uh, figure out what the graphics capabilities were for it. Um, yeah. But yesterday, Valve publicly distanced itself from XI3 in a statement to Eurogamer. Uh, Valve's marketing director, Doug Lombardi, said, Valve began some exploratory work with XI3 last year, but currently has no involvement in any product of theirs, uh, which is a smart move considering the outrageous price of the device. Now, XI3, and I didn't write this down, but XI3 came out in the press today, um, and said that they had met with Valve uh, quite a bit, and Valve was working with them. Um, and Valve had, actually told them to do it, and yeah, well, yeah, and had plans plans to uh, to to work with them in the future too. Um, I guess Valve did put some money get, or gave XI three some money um, too to help develop the device. But you know, it, it's it's tough to say who's at fault here. I think I don't see Valve doing anything wrong. Um, I think they're they were trying to get people to make steam, actual steam boxes, um, but I, you know I don't know that uh, I I don't think Valve wants to go out of their way to promote Xi3's piston only because of its high cost. 
Um, you can build an awesome computer for a grand, uh, even in a small, uh, small form factor case, you know? So I don't know. What do you think? Well, if we don't know the specs, who's to say this, this little nugget of, uh, PC isn't going to be a powerhouse, you know? It could be a powerhouse. It's supposedly have to have, or supposedly has some graphics chops, but uh, I think, I still think for a thousand dollars, if it doesn't have like a Radeon 7970 in it, um, which is the best AMD video card you can buy, it probably wouldn't be worth it because, you know, one of those is only 400 bucks. So, well, 350 if you can get on sale. Yeah, but at the same time, I kind of like what they said when they came out and said that they want to do the Steam Box right, and in in doing that, they want to have it open for Windows or have Windows on it and yeah. open to other operating systems, which is something Valve isn't going to do with their. No, Steam actually, Box. actually, I think they are. I read an interview with Gabe Newell, and he said that they're they they don't plan on closing it down so that you can't put Windows on it if no, you no, don't no. want I, to. No, I know I know that they're going to leave it open. You can put Windows on it, but this one is coming with Windows already installed. Oh yeah, it's the most ubiquitous for games. Yeah, and that uh, itself is a hundred bucks. And I think that's a smart move. Yeah, for them. Okay. And it's to me, it's surprising that Valve's not going that route. I know they have their little whatever against Windows, but they have their tiff. It's it's unfounded in my opinion, and it, it kind of sucks. And if if I'm presented with both, I'm well. I guess it depends on the cost, but you know, all things aside, if we're just talking operating systems, I'm getting the one that has Windows on it. Right? Yeah, because I mean, even if say Valve makes their own and they subsidize the price a little bit, they make their own Steam Box, and it's six hundred bucks, like people kind of think it's going to be. You know, you're at least looking at another hundred dollars for a Windows license on top of that. So, yeah. and if it, you know. If they're trying to cut corners, you know, you pro- probably graphics card is going to be one of those places where you cut corners. So, yeah, okay, we'll but, see. Yeah, that's an interesting story that's kind of developing now. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll keep our eyes on it. Why um, do they? Why do you think they want to distance themselves? Because of the cost. I uh, guarantee it's because of the cost. Um, it's a sweet looking little computer, and a, I guess it looks really really good or uh, works really well with like ventilation and stuff, but. Um, I, I do think that's a bit pricey for for what it is, you know. Especially with the, you know, if if you can build a computer yourself, um, you can probably build a lot better of a computer for the same or less, I think is their their thought. Yeah. You know. But anyway, uh, and then as if you didn't hate have enough reasons to hate Call of Duty, Activision has announced that microtransaction system is coming to Black Ops 2. Uh, it appears at this point that the items are cosmetic in nature and will not affect gameplay. Um, items include a personalization pack containing a unique weapon camo, three targeting reticles, and a uh, custom calling card, which I don't even know what a calling card is. It's like when you kill somebody, their calling card comes up, and you can see like how they customize it. Oh, and people drew like penis pictures yeah, and oh stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All sorts of inappropriate stuff. That All was right. fun. Nice. To see that stuff. <laughs> um, and then uh, personalization, personalization pack, custom calling card, uh, extra slot pack, which gives 10 extra creative class loadout slots, uh, space for 20 more emblems, 32 films and 40 screenshots, and then flags of the world calling card pack, uh, which are national-themed calling cards. So, <laughs> yay. Like I said, at least they seem to be uh, um, appearance, only appear, appearance uh, yeah. stuff. Other than the... Yeah, well, that's just it. You know, once they, if they see that it works really well, then they'll no doubt uh, be a pay-to-win game. Yep. Especially with a cash cow that it is. So, 
That's it for my double bits. Corey, what do you got for us? Sandbox Games revealed Albion Online this past week. I'm not sure if it's the same Albion of Fable. I don't think so. Just a just a coincidence. Yeah, the Albion's like not everywhere, but you know, there's a town in New York called Albion. There's Albion Swords. It's like a kind of a common word, I oh, guess. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, they're calling it the first true cross-platform MMO. The platforms that will be on are Android, iOS, Linux, Mac, and Windows PC. The game, I guess, is sort of unique because it doesn't have any character classes. You kind of just build your character as you go, depending on whatever you want to do. It has a also has a fully player-driven economy. The in-game items, including, uh, including buildings, are user-generated, and they can be purchased from the creating player. Uh-huh. Which is really always kind of fun and interesting. Yep. Kind of remind me of Star Wars Galaxies a little bit. I was just going to say that. Yeah, player made. Uh, they also have a territory-based PvP. There's apparently over 800 territories that you can conquer with your player guilds. And owning a territory provides access to more resources, which kind of made me question the balance of it right off the bat. Because obviously the more powerful guilds are just going to have everything. And yeah. there's not going to be any way to take them down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that game mechanic will work. I probably need a little more information before I can say that, but that is just what immediately jumped in my head. And the buildings of the losing team within that territory also become property of the winning team, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks. I mean, if you're if you're a lowly guild like the retainers of Domon Guild Wars 2, we're probably yeah. not going to build anything anywhere because it'll just get taken over. Oh yeah. <laughs> with our with our five, six, seven people in the guild, seven people only and only four get on. Three and a half of them active. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Rumble U coming to Japan April 24th. I think we talked about this in our preview, our games preview a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Utilizes near-field communication capabilities, and what it does is it reads real-world figurines. Oh, that's uh, right. Just like Skylanders. Uh Uh-huh. They the the figurines will launch with the game and they're going to cost 200 yen a piece. Uh, once you scan them, they will appear in your game, and all 649 Pokemon are included. Wow! Wow! Holy crap! Yeah, that's a lot of uh, a lot of Pokemon figurines to buy. That's going to be a big though, I can imagine, especially in Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'll be huge. The... The po- they have Pokemon centers in Japan that are allegedly selling them. So okay. No international release information for that. All right, it probably cool. do pretty well in America too. Oh yeah, considering I'll... considering what Skylanders did, and that's not even something a ton of people cared about, you know, right. relative to Pokemon. Anyway. Right, right, right. Okay, and that's it for my nibble bits. I had some Sim City stuff I was going to do for nibble bits, but I think I'll save it for roundtable. Sounds good. All right, what do you got for us, Will? Um, my first one is three four three. I uh, released a new trailer for the next Halo map pack. It's called Castle, and it's be coming out April eighth. And uh, the new map pack just came out for Halo, so I'm kind of surprised they're releasing another one so soon. Uh, yeah, but I'll probably end up getting it. Um, the next one is God of War Ascension has taken some uh, heat recently for one of their trophy titles. It's called Bros Before Hoes, and how you get it is you face stomp a Fury, which is a female enemy uh-huh. in the game, and that caused a lot of uh, backlash on the mm-hmm. game because of that. So Sony told Joystick that they're going to end up changing the trophy oh, title name. They shouldn't do that. Yeah, I It's saw, just a stupid joke. It, that's it. And Adam Sussler, I, I watched a video where he went off on that. Yeah. 
So, uh, and a lot of people were making comments about how in Tomb Raider you're killing a bunch of guys and there's a bunch of like Widowmaker's achievement and Down Boy and stuff like that, and that didn't get any crap. Who cares? Yeah, I don't find it a big deal, but I don't care about much. Yeah. So, <laughs> you and me both. So you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My last one is new Dishonored DLC called The Knife of Dunwall. Um, it's coming out. Uh, I didn't even get a release date for it. Anyway, it gives Corvo... Soon. It's soon. It was very soon. I don't even... I don't know why I didn't put down the release date. That's fine. But anyway, it gives Corvo a knife for combat, which is a new weapon. Adds a new area called the Legal District and new quests. The DLC is 800 Microsoft points or 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out for PlayStation, Computer, and 360. Okay. Excellent. Yep. Uh, how was your week, Well, Uh, it was all right. Baseball's been in full swing for about two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty tired today. I don't know why. I, didn't, I got a lot of sleep last night, so I don't know why I'm so tired, but I'm exhausted. It's because you got a lot Too of sleep last sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Let pro- me ask you this. What? When you, when you wake up, do you hit the snooze, or do you wake up and get up? I usually get up. Okay. Did you that? Did you do that this morning? Uh, I think I woke up and laid in bed for like 10 minutes before I actually got up. So, in a way, I yeah. kind of got up. Yeah. Uh, I find that if I hit the, the more I hit the snooze, the more tired I am when I actually like throughout the day. If I get up right when my alarm goes off and, and get moving, I'm I'm usually pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Because I have my alarm set for six thirty, so I could shower and have like a lot of time. But recently, I've been getting up at six fifty, which is like the last possible second for me being able to get up. That's always how I was too. And it's it's bad habit, especially because I'm going to be working like as soon as I can, and I have to get up at like five thirty to go to work. So. Yeah gonna be a transition yeah definitely. But, yeah but like i said i think we, oh we have scrimmages next week for baseball i think we have like four and five days so okay. it's a busy week um yeah other than that i didn't really get a chance to play very many video games either so okay. sounds good i'm slacking this week nah it happens you're busy um i'll go next uh starting weight i got my way in first starting weight was 242.6 Current weight as of this morning was 244. Like I said, I would put on weight this week. That's true. You did. Um, yeah, I ate like a fat, fat, fat pig this week. Um, I almost ate a whole pizza by myself on Friday night. I ate most. Did you cry this. while you were doing it? No, I was pretty proud <laughs> of of my accomplishment of how much pizza I ate. Um, no, I, like, I I still got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can still stuff it down my face down my face like I used to. No, I knew um, because if I had just eaten the pizza on Friday and maybe even a little ate a little bit bad on Saturday, I probably would have been back even tomorrow. Like I'll probably wake up tomorrow and be like two forty three. Um, but the, the three days in a row of bad eating is just just kills your diet. So by next week, I'll be I'll be back down a little bit again. So because uh, I you know I very easily got back got back on the diet on Monday. So. Um, so there was a little slowdown. I did have some good news today. Um, the Kick-Ass 2 trailer was put up. Um, I'm, I think I saw it on Reddit is where I saw it, and, and the, the trailer itself was on MTV. Um, it looks awesome, and I can't wait for it. I was very, very excited to see the Kick-Ass 2 trailer. I love the first movie. It's, it's probably one of my favorite movies. So, um... The second one looks looks really good, and uh, Jim Carrey's going to be in it, which I didn't realize. Oh, nice! He's uh, Captain Stars and Stripes or something like that. I'm like, oh, that's that's nice. Did <laughs> when, you watch it, Corey? 
No, I haven't seen it yet. I saw it up on Reddit, but I didn't get a chance to watch okay, it. Okay, yeah, it's it's looking good. When's it come out? I don't know. It didn't say. Oh. It was kind of, it was supposed to be a, like a teaser trailer, but I think it was a little longer than a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a little over two minutes long, but it was really good. I'm really excited for it. So that was my excitement for the day. Um, and that's all. I I didn't. I didn't play much other than Guild Wars. I'll talk a little bit about Guild Wars, but I'm going to go a different direction with it uh, later other than the usual stuff that I talk about. So um, there's that. Corey, how was your week? I had a good week overall. Today kind of sucked for a lot of a lot of reasons that aren't relevant to this podcast. Um, but I went upstate over the weekend to see the family, which was nice. Got to see the, the nephew, who I hadn't seen in a while. And on my way back to Brooklyn, my bus broke down on the highway. Ugh, that's terrible. Yeah, the fire alarm was going off. Uh, and there wasn't very many people on the bus. It was kind of a nice, quiet bus ride. And then all of a sudden, we're pulled over. I had my headphones in the whole time, so I didn't hear the fire alarm until after we had pulled over and it was still going. And the driver got out. He's like, oh, there's no fire in the engine. But for whatever reason, the fire alarm went off. There must be too much dust in the engine or whatever. didn't really matter. And I had heard a lot of stories about people's buses breaking down, horror stories, and having to wait three three hours till the next bus comes and all this crappy stuff. So I was, I was prepared for the worst. But fortunately, within like half an hour, another bus was there to pick us up. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, that was on like the, the schedule an hour ahead of us. But we were already a little bit behind. So it was really only like half an hour we had to wait. And we just got on this bus with a bunch of other people who weren't happy that they had to pull over and stop too. But what do you want? Whatever. Yeah, so that was uh, interesting to say the least. Uh-huh. In terms of games, uh, being on the bus, I was able to try a new iOS game. I played Knights of Pen and Paper, which is kind of cool. It's, a, it's, it's like a pen and paper RPG in video game form. But I'll talk about it more when we get to, to what we played. I like that. Sounds good. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, that everything then? That's it for me. All right, yeah. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with our main segment right after this. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 86 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We were talking about controllers today. As I said uh, in the first segment, the this is the next step in our Gaming 101 series of podcasts. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about controllers. Uh, I only listed the ones that I've actually used. I didn't feel it was fair to judge controllers that I haven't ever used. So, uh, But there, that's, that being said, there is quite a few on here, so... Uh, starting with the Atari, um, I didn't play the Atari actually when it first came out. Um, I had been a gamer for a while before I finally got to try the Atari out. Um, the Atari controller is obviously the joystick, um, in the square black box with, uh, one orange button on it. Um, it's classic, obviously, um, not particularly comfortable for very long hours of use, um, because you had to hold it in one hand and, you know, move with the other. It wasn't... I don't know. It just wasn't designed for... I know they tried to capture the feel of an arcade on, in an actual controller, um, but the arcade was, you know, it was stationary, so you could, you know, ram on that for a while. But um, I remember getting fairly tired playing the Atari for a long time. Um, but, you know, games like that probably weren't designed also for hours and hours and hours. Not that people didn't play it for hours and hours and hours, but... Um, so, yeah, that's the Atari controller. Also had uh, one of the first controllers that was able to be disconnected from its console, which oh, allowed... not and not built in. That's yeah, right. Yeah, which, 
which allowed for different types of inputs, different types of controller inputs, like paddles and trackballs and stuff. Peripheral, peripherals. Um, I don't know who the hell would want a trackball as an input for their console. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm still. I, I'm always surprised by people that even use a trackball for like normal computing. Yeah, not my thing. Yeah. Uh, one of the other important things I wanted to mention for the joystick, Atari 2600 joystick was that they were prone to malfunction. Um, by by virtue of their design, they're a lot more likely to be broken than some of the later ones that we're going to talk about. And, okay. and part of the reason for the evolution was was that. Yeah. Um, but it was good that they were replaceable because they were easy to break. Right, yeah. If it had been attached to the console, that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be a good thing or wouldn't be a good thing at all. Not at all. Okay. Uh, moving on. NES. The NES had the classic rectangular-shaped uh, controller with a D-pad, A and B buttons, and start and select. The controller in your hands felt very square and uh, after long hours of play hurt your hands really bad. Uh, corners dug right in there. The corners dug into the hands. The buttons were not good on the thumbs. I had calluses on my thumbs from playing so many video games that um, our dad so nicely called Nintendo thumb. <laughs> um, but we ended up getting more rounded second-gen NES controllers that were much more comfortable for especially the amount of gaming we did. Um, it was known as the Dogbone controller or NES 039 controller. That's right. I totally forgot about that until you mentioned that. Yeah. Wow. Th- those were a lot better of a controller for because they like like I said they were they were like almost dog bone shape with like two kind of wide circles at the end and then a bar in the middle like not a bar but you know the the main controller it was uh, it was a lot like the Super Nintendo controller but a little more rounded on the top. I totally forgot about that. That's weird because even in doing my research today, I didn't I didn't find anything about that. Yeah. That's weird. Those were those were great controllers. Um and I think it was because we broke our NES controllers from pushing the buttons too hard. Yeah. I think it was what ended up what ended up finally breaking them was pushing the buttons too hard on them. Could be, so. could be. Uh just a little bit of the history of the NES controller. It was born out of the Game and Watch, the little console game thing. Oh yeah. Uh, the controller layout for that was actually for the for the Game and Watch system was inspired by the miniaturization of electronic calculators. Mm-hmm. The guy that designed the Game and Watch, that was what he kind of had in mind. Um so the Game and Watch was controlled by moving left or right um and there's two two uh, uh inputs for the left and right. But that wasn't it also wasn't feasible feasible to actually put a joystick on such a small controller and that's why they had the buttons rather than the joystick, even though like the joystick was what you used to control games. Why would you ever use anything else? Yeah. Uh but the complexity of the game and watch sort of evolved so that it required four directions, and that's kinda how we got the D pad. Oh, okay. Down, left, right. Um so the gaming systems of the time, sort of around the same time as Nintendo and before the Nintendo, were really expensive. So Nintendo's new console kind of wanted to strip all the components out of those systems, which were essentially just computers. And, uh, you know, that's why they had the controller, because they got rid of the keyboard. Yeah. And they needed a cheap, effective input, and they had the um, controller, which the NES obviously popularized the D-pad. And it was also designed small enough to fit in a child's hands, which is a important distinction to make. Yep. And it, uh, the D-pad itself worked well with Nintendo's specialty, which was the platformer. Uh-huh. Mario. Yes. Obviously. In addition to a lot of others. So okay. that's the NES. All right. Uh, moving on to Super Nintendo. Oh, I should say, too, um, 
we're not talking about peripherals either, uh, like especially console peripherals. At least I, I didn't take any information on them. We we probably will do a separate episode on just peripherals, don't you think? Yeah, that'd be fun. Because I did have a th- few notes on the Nintendo Power Glove, but that's it. Okay. Well, that was a special request. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think uh, Idaho Jake specially requested we talk <laughs> oh, about well, the just, Nintendo I just Power had it on here for shits and giggles. Okay. Nice. Well, if you want to talk about that, now's the time. Uh, but yeah, we'll do we'll do an episode uh, just on peripherals because there was a lot of crazy peripherals, especially for the like older Nintendo stuff, and even like you know GameCube and stuff had weird peripherals that you could attach to the console for a specific game. So, but go ahead on the Power Glove. Before I get out of uh, it was Nintendo. actually interestingly enough was not made by Ninten- Nintendo. They had no hand in the production. It was uh, it was a Mattel oh. designed thing, which I had no idea about. Nintendo just sort of endorsed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting in that it was this glove that was allegedly supposed to help you control games. Uh, it did have an NES, essentially an NES control pad um, on the on the forearm. Yeah that you could do that had some buttons and had like programmable buttons and stuff like that. But, uh, it just, just didn't work a little bit ahead of its time. And, uh, there were only two games that ever came out for it and they were just God awful. Yeah. And some of the descriptions of these games that I found were pretty funny. Uh, you kind of have to see the screenshots that they had with right. the captions, but it, okay. it looked, looked pretty terrible, but needless to say, it never, never really took off. Right. Um, and they, they had all these big plans for the future, like you could control not only left and right but depth, like not only left and right, up and down, but like depth into the screen and stuff. Oh, okay. So that was really, like, and that was pre out. pre three D gaming. Yeah. Okay. Wait, that was really pre. Ah, uh, there's some kind of three D ish games for Super Nintendo, but okay. Moving on, Super Nintendo controller, uh, similar similarly shaped to the Dogbone controller with a D pad, four buttons, um, A B X Y, start select and left and right bumper buttons on the top. It was a solid controller, especially for the many RPGs played on the system. Uh, left and right buttons were nice additions, um, especially uh, for for RPGs. I remember holding down left and right to run away um, for Final Fantasy VI, right? Mm-hmm. What were the functions in Mario World? I don't recall at this point. I meant to look it up, and I forgot. Holding down both the bumpers? Uh, just the bumpers in general. Spin? Was it spin? I think so. No. No? Spin was X, I think. The only thing I can think of is that it moved the screen to the left and to the right if you needed to see. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, other than yeah, that, I, I don't I don't think it had any function. Not in Mario, anyway? Not in Super Mario World. Right. Um, I remember in Madden 2, they would, uh, that was your, was that your, oh gosh, now I'm drawing blanks. I think in Madden, that was your, um, like, no, it was, um. Like, uh, not a dodge, but like a sidestep, I think, were the left and right okay. left and right buttons in, in Madden 96 specifically. Um, and then they had functions for the mini-games uh, during the training camp. So. It was the jump in Mario Kart. We had somebody bring up Mario That's Kart. That's right, Mario Kart. Okay. Yeah, I was tr- I trying to it's trying to recall, but go ahead, Corey. What do you got for Super Nintendo Controller? Uh, as Dan mentioned, it added two action buttons, as they call them, to the shoulders, which were easily pressable with the index finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they too, uh, rounded the controller, like Dan said, and it also, the, the goal is to make it fit in a small child's hands comfortably. And um, they angled the button. I didn't realize this, but they actually angled the buttons. Rather than it, it's supposed to be a diamond, it's supposed to be like 
an angled square uh, so that your thumb your thumb can easily easily press the buttons. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the, I didn't know if you were going to get into the Sega Genesis pad at all, Dean. Yep. I okay. think I have that one next. Yep, I do have that one next. Sega. Sega. Uh, Sega Genesis controller kind of looked like the Batman logo in its shape uh, with a D-pad and A, B, and C uh, and start buttons. I don't I actually don't have a ton of experience with that. I've only used, used the Sega Genesis pad a handful of times. And I remember being it being big, um, but not not too big. It was, I was young at the time. Um, but I did really like the way the D-pad was, and especially good for a diagonal movement on, on games um, because it was a like a disc-shape D-pad as opposed to the, like, cross-shaped D-pad, which was, like I said, very nice for the diagonal directions, especially in fighting games. So, go ahead, Corey. Yeah, no, just a similar... I I think the Sega Genesis uh, pad actually came out before the Super Nintendo. Probably. Because I think it was the... the, um, Yeah, it had the rounded-off edges before before the Super Nintendo did. Uh And it added the third action button. Uh, which I never really liked. I never liked the three buttons in a row. That was weird. It was very weird. Definitely. The only game I played for that was, uh, I played Doom. Uh, I think that was, that wasn't even a Sega Genesis game. I think it was a, uh, the 32 bit or 32 X. Was that the addition for the Sega? Uh, I think I played that and I played Aladdin and then I played a fighting game that I don't remember the name of for the Sega Genesis. Aladdin was great. And it was, it was, especially fun on Genesis. I didn't care as much for the Super Nintendo version, and I know that's blasphemy for some people, but... Maybe it worked better with the third action. <laughs> I don't remember. That was uh, that was many, many moons ago. That was probably like 20 years ago. was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on, I have Nintendo... I, like I said, these aren't necessarily in order. Um, they're kind of close in, in, in chronological order. Uh, Nintendo 64 is the next controller I have. Um, that's the iconic three handle controller with D pad, uh, L button, left, left bumper button on the left handle, uh, thumbstick start button and Z trigger in the middle. And on the right were the AB buttons, the C directional buttons and the R button. And this is one of my favorite controllers of all time is as bizarre looking as it was. It it was functional, especially at the time it worked great on games like Mario 64 and smash brothers with the, with the thumbstick in the middle. Um, at the time gold and I really worked for it. Well, I thought, but um, I think nowadays first-person shooters ha- like almost have to be on two control stick or two thumbsticks um, if you're playing it on a on a you know a controller. I forgot how did you hold that thing? I don't even remember. Do you did you hold the middle thing and then the, the middle and yeah, the right and the right? Yeah, okay. it was for most games. There's a few games that use the D-pad to the D-pad and the and the other buttons, but most of the games were the control stick and the the trigger in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in Goldeneye, I did you. You move with the left stick and then looked left and right with the C buttons, or was it the other way around? You moved with the C buttons, and lo- I think you looked with the left, the with the middle control stick, right? And uh, then and then moved with uh, the the C buttons. Dang, I can't remember. I th- no, I th- you moved. Did you move with the D pad? No, it was. And looked with the stick. Maybe. Maybe that's I remember how it looking worked. looking up and down. You didn't do very much. It was like difficult to look up and down. Yeah. Not difficult, but you know, it was easier to not do it. Maybe you, you're you're at yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I can't God remember that. So look look works. up the control scheme for for Goldeneye. I got to know this now. Gotcha. 
Um, but yeah, I really like the Nintendo 64 controller. A lot of people hated on it for it being flimsy. I never had one that, that broke. Um, and I don't know. Was, I thought it was a great controller. Uh, like I said, especially for the games that, that you play. Uh, Mario Kart 64 is another one that, that it really worked great with. I don't know about a lot of third-party titles, but uh, work work great. I didn't ha- I didn't play a ton of games on the 64. Oh, uh, I, well, how can I forget? Um, Star Wars Episode One Racer worked great for that too. So, GoldenEye 64 controller scheme. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just very curious at this point. Even that game I played probably 13 years ago. GoldenEye. I didn't play any of the reboot or anything like that. So reboot was recently too, right? Yeah, on the Wii, the Wii Wii. But anyway, we'll move on to the PlayStation. Dan, before you go move ahead. on, yeah, go um, ahead. Three, a couple things you didn't mention with the N sixty four, the the Rumble Pack. Oh, I forgot about the Rumble Pack and the Memory Pack. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, okay. Fit into the same slot, which is which is kind of important because it was the first time we had rumble in a game. Yeah. And at first, I remember it seeming a little bit gimmicky. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but you know, I don't know, whatever. But now, like, it's in all your controllers. Yeah. Just, it it, it feels weird to not have Rumble when you're playing a game. Um, yeah. For GoldenEye, you use the main analog stick to move Bond around. You use the L button to the and the main analog stick to use your weapon. Uh, B is to reload. A is to switch weapon. Left and right C is to strafe. Up and down is to look up and down. Z is to use your weapon. R is the same as L. To make any sense. Okay, so so you, you strafed and looked up and down. Yeah, right. so you, pretty much you just moved with the left stick. Or wait, yeah, you move with the left stick, right? Or uh, and look with the C stick. No, you you moved you moved with the center stick and looked with the C stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That seems hard though. Now. Yeah. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> That's complicated. I can't picture it, but. But it, also, we should say that um, with with the thumbstick included on the N64, and I think it's one of the reasons why GoldenEye worked so well and people loved it, was it sort of made first-person shooters playable on, on consoles. Uh, in the past, it was always keyboard and mouse. PC, yeah. And with the thumbsticks, it was actually a way to maybe not get exactly the same type of accuracy you'd get with, with a keyboard and mouse, but, you know, close enough that it worked. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I think that was the the first first person shooter I ever even played was was GoldenEye for the Nintendo sixty four. I think I think that kind of got me into some of the PC ones like the Medal of Honor, the early Medal of Honors. Yeah. So. Well, what was before GoldenEye? Quake. There was Quake. There was Doom. There was Unreal. Was Unreal? Unreal Tournament. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, PlayStation. The PlayStation controller was a two-handle controller with a four-section D-pad. Triangle, circle, X, and square buttons, start and select, and then two left and two right buttons on on the top of the controller. Um, I did really like the controller. There was nothing spectacular about it, but it was comfortable to play for long hours at a time. I wasn't a huge fan of the broken-up D-pad that made uh, diagonal movement kind of difficult. Um, fighting games, especially for you know your if you had to do up into the right or up into the left, it it was hard to pull off those types of moves on on the the original PlayStation One controller. Um, however, it morphed into the DualShock controller with two thumbsticks below the start and select buttons. Um, 
So you could, you know, use those once again. The whole first-person shooter thing, you know, that made it so you can move and then look with 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 the two sticks, um, and also made you know fighting games a little easier because you had easier access to the, all the d- different directions. Um, the DualShock kind of remains, still remains the the PlayStation controller to this day. Um, it's gone through a little more uh, modifications. Um, other than slightly, other than slightly different R R two and L two buttons, it's it's pretty much the same. Oh, and the six axis motion controls, which is that anything nowadays, Corey? Eh, some games use it here and there. Okay, but but it's not a like a, a thing you no. even bother worrying about. No. Okay. So yeah, um, you know, PlayStation obviously is very happy with their controller. Even the PS4 controller isn't that different. Um, what they did on the PS4 controller is separate the thumbsticks a little bit, which actually works out for me a lot. I, uh, after using a later controller that we're going to talk about, I had trouble using the two close together thumbsticks. Um, feels weird when you're trying to play, especially first person shooters, but other games, it's, I don't know. I, I never really liked that after playing later versions of controllers. So, we should say that the the original PlayStation controller actually pretty much just followed the SNES design for yeah. a controller. It didn't have the dual. It didn't have the dual thumbsticks. No, that was later. Um, did we have one of the original ones? Yeah. Or did we always have DualShock? Yeah, I, I think my first PlayStation had the original controller, but after the DualShocks started coming out, I, I bought. I got rid of my old one and get and bought those for my PlayStation. Hmm. But one other distinction that it made before the others, um, one other change that it made to the SNES controller before the other consoles did it was uh, they made the controller grippable rather than, you know, just you just kind of cupped the controller in your hand. They yeah. did that with the design. It was more ergonomic, hardcore gaming friendly design where you could actually grasp it. Yeah, and, hold on to it. Rather, than, yeah, like you said, rather than cup it in your hand and, and push on the buttons, you it was it fit into your hand a lot better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it for PlayStation, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast controller was a large two-handled disc-shaped controller with a. It almost looked like uh the the little spaceships in um uh Independence Day. Don't you think the Dreamcast controller? Yeah, I guess so. That's what I thought it looked like, other than the things sticking out on the top of the... But the, the, the actual like shape of it looked like those spaceships I always thought to, it, to me. it looked like, like Voltron's mask or yeah, something Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was a large controller with a D-pad and thumbstick, an L button on the left, a colored ABXY and R buttons on the right. Also featured uh, two expansion ports for accessories for various games, including memory cards, uh, with digital screens known as VMUs or visual memory systems. Um, yeah, the, the the little screen on it, you could plug in a memory card and and both like view the stuff that was on the memory card, but also uh, some games use that screen and the memory card actually like in the game and displayed like different bits of data on the on the little screen that was on the controller. Um, I only used it once, but it really felt huge to me when I used it. Um, but like for games it controlled fine, you know, I didn't, didn't have any issues with it other than it being kind of big and weird looking. I'm not sure I ever held a dreamcast controller maybe I, in the store. Or something. I did. Oh, I did once one of my friends had one. Bane, Bane Hammond says in the chat that Madden was good because your plays came on the screen. 
Oh, oh okay. Yeah, see, there you go. That's that's a great idea. I never never thought about that. I I never saw the functionality of the the VMU at all. I just right. I just played a game on it briefly. Right. So, what do you got for Dreamcast controller, Corey? Just pretty much what you had. Like I said, I never got to experience it firsthand, so I can't comment too much on it. But, yeah. Uh, short lived, anyway. Yeah, it was short lived. Uh, you know what? I think that's another console that was a little bit ahead of its time, or another thing that was ahead of its time because it had had internet on it uh initially it was the like 56k modem built into it um but later i like they had an attachment for broadband like later on in the system's life Mm -hmm. so a little bit ahead of its time probably uh moving on xbox the original xbox controller was called the fatty or the (laughs) the duke um was a huge two-handed monstrosity with a d-pad Thumbstick and L trigger on the left, and a thumbs and a thumbstick colored ABXY buttons, black and white buttons, and an R trigger on the right. Uh, it had ex- expansion slot on the top for memory cards and the Xbox Live headset. Uh, there was an important distinction from the PlayStation controller, though. Even though it had two thumbsticks, it had offsetting thumbsticks with the movement or left stick uh, located above the D-pad instead of below. Um, the controller uh, became. Or controller S became adopted as a normal controller due to criticism of the size of the original controller. Um, it became much smaller, obviously. Um, looked kind of the same, but uh, they moved the black and white buttons to the right side of the thumbstick and select and start to the left of the D-pad. Um, I, had, I hated that. What's that? I hated that. That, that controller S? Well, I liked the controller S, but I hated that those... the the back and start buttons or whatever. Oh yeah. That was a bad placement for them. I agree, yeah. but they needed to have room for those big expansion ports. That's why they put them there. Cause there wasn't any like behind it. You know, there was no, nowhere right. to put the circuitry for those buttons. And so even with the black and white buttons, I didn't really like the placement of those either. They were a little bit more. Do you almost had to do uh like you had to press it with the second joint in your thumb yeah. rather than actually move your thumb all the way down to it. Yeah. Cause I think in halo was actually what got me to switch the controller S I actually really liked the original controller um, as big as it was. Um, until I started using the S controller to play Halo, um, you had a huge advantage with the S controller and Halo just because, like, for whatever reason, you could move a lot quicker with the smaller controller. Um, I remember people getting, getting pissed off that they had to use the big controller. Um, they felt <laughs> like they were at a disadvantage because the controller was so big and, and hard to, hard to control a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh yeah. The, on Halo, the, the black and white buttons, I think were grenades. Uh, one switching grenades. One maybe? turned the flashlight on. Yeah, and one, one was grenade. I think was was switching yeah, I think grenades. You're switch grenade, maybe. Um. So and when they got moved over off to the side, like Corey said, that was a bad spot to be able to push that quickly. So yeah. I think I just ended up not worrying about it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um. And not ever switching my grenades. Yeah, because who uses the flashlight? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when you're playing multiplayer, exactly. like you're just drawing attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you got for the Xbox controller, Corey? Just a couple little notes that you didn't say already. Uh, they had longer cords than the standard console controller cords, mm-hmm. which is a uh, underappreciated feature, I would I would say. Oh yeah, they also had. It, go ahead. They also had a uh, a breakaway feature. No, um, so if somebody that. was walking by and, and tripped over your cord, it would rip the cord out rather than rip your console off the desk or whatever it's on. Yeah. Remember that? It happened so many times on my PlayStation tripping over a cord and ripping it off the off the shelf that it was on and it's smashing on the floor not breaking but it could have broke yeah because it it like it split 
there was two cords and the two cords attached and yep. then plugged into the console, right? Yep. The, it split like maybe a foot from the actual console. So if you tripped over the cord, it would split there and not for whatever reason, like even though those controllers didn't never felt like they were in the port that tightly, like it would always rip the console off. Cause it happened in my Nintendo, super Nintendo, what have you PlayStation until the Xbox came out. And then when you tripped over cords, it was like you said, broke there and not, not didn't rip the yeah. console off. And uh, also another important thing about this controller was its triggers, which actually felt like real triggers. Yeah, um, I read a lot of anecdotal stuff about this. That it, of all the of all the controllers, the Xbox controller's triggers uh, felt most like real triggers, and that's why part of the reason why playing Halo felt like so much fun is it felt like you were really pulling a trigger to shoot a gun. Yeah. Yeah, because the um, Nintendo 64 had a little bit of a trigger button, but it wasn't. It was more of a button than not as much of a trigger. trigger yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that was the Xbox controller uh, on the GameCube. Um, GameCube controller is a little bit hard to describe, but it's kind of like a half circle handle with two arms coming off, pointing towards the middle of the circle. Um, on the left side, there's a left trigger, thumbstick, and D-pad on the left arm. Uh, D-pad on the left arm. Right side had a R trigger, purple Z button on top, uh, big A button, smaller B button to the left, and X and Y buttons to the top and left of the A button. Uh, and then it had this, the C directional button was on the right arm of the controller. Um, that, that was a yellow, it was a yellow thumbstick for this one. Um, Rather uh, than the C pad, um, right, right, stick. exactly. They they changed it to the stick. Um, the controller felt fine. It was, uh, but a great addition to the GameCube controller was the WaveBird wireless controller. Um, it was the first first party wireless controller. Um, it has the same bas- basic shape as the normal GameCube controller, but felt a little bit heavier and more sturdy uh, due to the wireless receiver and battery pack. Um, added some weight and bulk, but I thought it made it made made the controller that much better. Um. I love the wave wavebird controllers. I think when they came out, I bought two or three for my GameCube like straight away, um, just because I liked it so much. Uh, maybe you got one first, Corey. I don't eh, remember no, how. I don't, I don't remember how that remember. worked. Maybe. But I was going to say, didn't uh, didn't Xbox get wireless controllers at some point, or is that not? I don't think so. No. Okay. Not that I'm aware. Of. I didn't ever had one. There was third party ones, probably. Okay. But. Yeah, I don't know. Probably just making it up. The only thing that it had was if you wanted to play DVDs on it, you had to get a separate remote that had a oh, right. wireless thing that or wire, uh, yeah, receiver thing that plugged into the console. Gosh, it's so silly. Yeah, it is silly. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, can you imagine going to the, like you get your new PS4 and uh, you got to make sure when you pick it up that you buy separately your PS4 Rumble Pack. Yeah. You know? Can you imagine? No, that would be. Weird weird uh, that would piss people off people wouldn't buy it because of that yep some people but anyway ga- uh, anything on the gamecube controller Corey? yeah you know what dan mentioned had a s- overall similar layout to the xbox and the ps2 controller uh more similar than it was to its own nintendo 64 controller uh it did interestingly it switched the location of the left thumbstick and the d-pad uh-huh I don't know if you picked up on that at all, but I, I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know what the justification for that was, but what? Yeah, what? What was it? The thumbstick was on the the left thumbstick was was up. dropped into the to the uh, closer to your hand, and the D pad was up above it. Oh, the D pad was up on the top. Yeah, that's that is weird. Is it the GameCube? 
this yeah the c stick yeah okay yeah you're right never mind hang on i've got one right in front of me because oh, i know the c stick is lower i had one right in front of me i've got broken ps3 controller oh you know what they're out in the living room that's right but anyway uh, also, one of the big things it had was, and this is interesting, I didn't never thought of this until I read it today, um, is that it had the oversized A button, which Nintendo kind of called it the home button, like your home row on a keyboard, yeah. which made, you know, you could always locate yourself on the, on the controller like you could on a keyboard by feeling that button, and every button had its own kind of feel, which is really, really interesting. I never, I never thought of that. Probably, uh... Not necessary for a lot of gamers. I feel like, you know, with with today's Xbox 360 controller and even you know the PS4 or whatever I'm playing, I can locate myself pretty easily. But yeah. part of that just comes with playing games a lot. But for somebody that maybe hasn't, that might be pretty helpful. Yeah. Plus, I know a lot of the, like a lot of their games. If there was a main mechanic in the game, that would be mapped to the A button. So you would press the biggest, easiest to find button the most, and then the other buttons were built off of that. You know. Yeah, it's a it's a neat neat little feature, and I don't they none of none of the controllers do it anymore. Right. Uh, they also of... had pre- pressure sensitive triggers, so oh. depending on how far you press the trigger, it would do a different thing. Because if you press it all the way, it would click, and that would be a different input. Um, and if you just pressed it some of the way, it was it was a different action depending okay. on. I guess I never I... realized that. Yeah. But actually, when I was doing my research for this, I was thinking about how many good GameCube games there were that I want to play again and went on Amazon and I think Super Mario Sunshine's like $166 or something like that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is outrageous. That is outrageous. But anyway. Wow. But yeah, I really thought the Wavebird was was kind of paved the way for the wireless controllers um of today. because uh, it, it worked that well. I thought I thought that was a great controller. Like I said it was a lot heavier than the regular controller, but it felt very sturdy. Um you know, I, th- I think a lot of the pr- previous wireless controllers had been kind of chintzy feeling, maybe. And it controlled well, too. There was, I don't seem to remember there being any latency with it. Um, so, yeah, that was a that was a great addition to the N- Nintendo GameCube. So, um, all right, moving on. Xbox 360. Um, the Xbox 360 controller is similar in design to the controller S. It's got a more streamlined body. They ditched the bulky expansion slot for a smaller plug on the bottom of the controller. They also ditched the white and black buttons in favor of left and right bumper buttons. Um, there's a circular guide button uh, in the middle, uh, and it was uh, came standard wireless. It had also the you know ABXY buttons like all the other controllers, and uh, the the right and left triggers. So, um, but yeah, pr- that was probably my favorite. Con- oh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. It's a nice one. Um, pro- I'm displaying the, the controller. For yeah, I should brought mine. Um, but yeah, it's probably my favorite controller of all time. Best for long hours of gaming. It's extremely comfortable. Um, I've never once. The only time I ever felt even the slightest bit of discomfort was playing Super Meat Boy on the 360 <laughs> controller on PC, um, just because I would push the buttons so so freaking hard. Um, one of the things I really like about it too, as I mentioned earlier, it has the offsetting thumbsticks. And for me, like for controlling games, that works a lot better than the the two close together thumbsticks on the PlayStation controller, especially for movement heavy games like first person shooters and action games. Um, definitely like the offsetting thumbsticks. So, three sixty controller, Corey. Yeah, I I mean, 
there's not much to say about it other than it's definitely, in my opinion, the most evolved of all the controllers. Yeah. And and part of what makes it, I like the DualShock as well, but part of what makes the 360 controller better, in my opinion, is it's it's a little bit more weighty. Uh-huh. Um, makes it feel a little more sturdy, whether it is or it isn't, I don't really know. But uh, it feels more sturdy. Yeah. Granted, the thumbsticks still go bad. Um, I don't know if you guys have had any that the thumbsticks kind of... Have worn a little bit. The, yeah, the only well, I have a couple things. The uh, obviously, you if you use them a lot, the rubber on the top kind of wears off. Yeah. Um, but I th- that's from like super heavy use. And then the only the the thing that bothers me is is sometimes on first person shooters I'll get a little drift. Yeah. My controller isn't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if like it's it the thumbstick is off a little bit if there's something in it that's causing it to do that. But it, nope. it, it would drift occasionally. I don't. I haven't noticed that with my wired controller, but it's it's kind of new, so I don't know. I, I use yeah. it for PC. I don't know if that makes a difference too. It kind of scares me though because I, I I think it'd be hard to improve on this design. Yeah. For for the 360 controller, and it, it kind of worries me that they're gonna like intentionally change something just just so to that change they it. Can say you have to buy a new controller. You can't use your old ones. Oh and, yeah. You know, maybe they'll screw something up and say, well, might as well. Yeah. No, so you're absolutely right. Happen. That would suck. That would suck. But I, I could, like you, I could easily see that happening. All right. Nintendo Wii. Um, the Nintendo Wii controller is built like a TV remote and meant to be held like one with a D-pad and button on the A button on the top, uh, home and plus minus buttons in the middle, and one and two buttons on the bottom. Uh, on the back, there is also an R trigger. The controller also has a speaker for player-specific audio, an attachment known as the nunchuck uh, with thumbstick, thumbstick, left trigger, and Z button on it. Um, oh, what? Yeah. Go ahead, Corey. They sort of, yeah, they sort of took it in an entirely different direction, and we've talked about it a bunch of times yeah. on this podcast, why they did that. They wanted it to feel more familiar to people who haven't played a lot of games. They wanted it to feel like a TV remote in their hands, uh-huh. um, and the nunchuck was just like a very simple add-on that anybody could learn how to use, uh-huh. so it didn't feel quite so foreign um, when people played it. But I like, you know, one of the things I like about that controller is you can flip it on its side, and all of a sudden you have... Uh, NES controller. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. In yeah, my opinion. Definitely. I didn't mind the Wii the Wii Mote for movement games. I didn't really like it f- as well for the classic games, um, which I generally used a the classic controller for or a GameCube yeah. controller. It came with an attachment that you could plug into it. The the classic controller for games, and that that's what I ended up using a lot for the for the classic games that I played. Certainly um, better than making you buy. A whole other controller though. Uh, you know, oh absolutely have the option to use it as I think I got it for cheap too. I want to say it was only like ten dollars on sale when I bought it. It was uh-huh. it was pretty cheap. Or maybe twenty. But for that it's I I didn't feel like it was too much. Um they they also had the strap on the controller because people were um apparently winging them through their TVs. <laughs> I think that ended up being uh sounding worse than it sounded like more of a problem than it actually was. Um there's probably a handful of people that did it and you know most of them probably did it to be assholes or funny. Right, right, yeah. right. To to make a popular video on YouTube, to <laughs> you know show themselves putting their hand fists through their TV with the controller. <laughs> um, and then they also started coming with jackets on them. Um, 
I think some of the later controllers I bought had the like rubber sleeve around the outside, which I never really liked having that. No, I preferred I the actual just controller. I always took those things off. It's just a protective sleeve, right? Yeah. Um, you imagine for... buying one of those for your Xbox controller? No. How silly would that be? That would be very silly. But, you know, at the same time, you're not going to wang someone in the head with uh, with an Xbox 360 controller unless you're trying to do it, you know. So I, th- I think that was part of it. Maybe save pe- some people from skull injuries, skull fractures. <laughs> a little little bit softer. Mom hit our cat in the head with that. Oh, did she? And Crosby. Okay. There you go. Crosby was all pa- dazed after. Pets. I actually, someone, one of my friends that worked that I worked at Wegmans with sent me an article about someone that hit their dog in the head, clocked their dog in the head, and apparently, like, like killed the dog. But the the neighbor was over watching them play and gave the dog um, mouth-to-nose CPR and, oh like, breathed life back into the dog. I'm Holy like, crap. I'm surprised they didn't That's hear insane. more about that, of, of pets getting... Bedding, Mouth getting nose. getting clo- well get, getting clobbered by a by a wemo was the person a vet like i would probably try and give it mouth to mouth and <laughs> figure out pretty quick that that didn't work very well right and then you put your mouth on their nose and blow i'm googling mouth to nose cpr right now oh for pets it might not have been true i don't know that was just the article that this oh, apparently you can said. use it when chest compression is ineffective okay or if the chest is injured that wasn't the case. It was a head, a skull blow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, now it's, you know. It, it is done anyway. It does. It does work. Okay. So, so that part wasn't made up. I don't know <sighs> if the whole story was false or not, but. So yeah, that's the Wii controller. Anything else on the Wii controller, Corey? Nope. All right. Uh, moving on to smacked. <laughs> Idaho Jake said he smacked a friend's kid in the face, <laughs> and the kid got yelled at. That's perfect. <laughs> well, they were in the way, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, uh, um, I used to do that with my ex-girlfriend's little brother. What's that? I really didn't like him very much at all. Uh-huh. I thought he was he was a pain, and I used to throw the ball at his face really hard. Uh-huh. We were playing ball. Nice. And he, he thought it was funny, but it made me feel really good at the same time. Right, right, right. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. All right, uh, Nintendo Wii U. Nintendo Wii U has a touchpad controller, um, has a thumbstick, D-pad, and left trigger, and a bumper on the left and right. Uh, ABXY buttons, start and select, home button on the bottom. It prominently features a 6.2-inch touchscreen in the middle uh, and a camera on the top. Um, I actually used a Wii U controller at the local Walmart, which felt large but not unwieldy. Um, it did feel big, but you know you could you could control games easily enough with it. Not like the X, the first Xbox controller. Um, Nintendo offer also offers a Pro controller that's very similar in shape to the Xbox 360 controller, except swaps location of ABXY buttons and right thumbstick. So the ABXY buttons are on the bottom, and the thumbstick is on the top on that controller. So uh, looks pretty much pretty similar to the 360 controller, other than that that difference. So what do you got for the Wii U controller, Corey? Nada. Nothing? Not a thing. Okay. I didn't didn't think there was much to say. Everybody's pretty familiar with it at this point. Yeah, it's it's yeah, definitely. Um because because the controller is such a prominent feature in that game because of the the games that you can play on it or with it specifically, yeah, yeah, everyone knows what the what the Wii U controller is all about. At least the the primary controller. You can use your your Wiimotes from your first Wii to work with it. I don't think 
older controllers don't work. Like you couldn't plug a GameCube controller into it, right? But I think I know the Wii Motes wirelessly sync with it. I don't think it has any ports for controllers in it. I know you can use the you know the Nintendo controller attachment. Yeah. You can plug that into the Wii controller. I think and still use it because it's not. You don't have to plug it into the system. Oh. All I right. think. Cool. Nothing wrong with that. So favorite controllers. Think we're on the same boat. 360 controller. I think so. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna say my favorite controller, like like I said, for playing um, games at for long periods of time, is definitely the 360 controller. Um, I love it. I like like Corey said, you can't really. I don't think you can perfect on that too much. Um, I don't know. Maybe making them more sturdy. I know a lot of people that have broken the 360 controller, so maybe that would be the route to go for improvement. But I also have a soft spot in my heart for the Nintendo 64 controller, just because it's so wildly different from all the other controllers. I really do like that one. Um, the so. only thing I can think of, I mean, just holding the controller in my hand right now, is you got your thumbs and you got your index fingers, which are pretty good at pressing buttons. Yeah. And I feel like there's still something you can do with your middle fingers. On the back of the controller? On the back of the controller. I mean, that's kind of what the Vita did with the uh, touchpad on the back, and I think the PS4 is doing, right? The PS4 controller has a touchpad on the back? Does that? Yeah, I think so. I think it has something on the back. I know it's got the touchpad on the front. Yeah, I think I think it wraps around the back. I'm not I'm not positive, but uh, okay. I mean, I could see that you know being useful for something. Some way I don't I don't know, but okay. Well, but yeah, I'm definitely. I mean, if I had to pick one other than the Xbox 360, I'd probably say the GameCube controller. Yeah. I really like the GameCube controller. Yeah, the Wave Bird it's especially a, was a solid controller. Yeah, it's. I mean, Smash Bros is awesome, and part of the reason it's awesome is. The, the game control, like how yeah. it controls with the controller. Yeah. So. Um, the the one of the problems we've come across specifically for the for the GameCube and Smash Brothers was the short controller cords, which is why the Wave Bird was so nice because it freed up. You know, because we could never all sit very close to the TV when we played Smash Brothers or whatever uh, Mario Soccer strikers. Stri- yeah. Strikers. Um, we could never s- sit very close to it because you know the the chairs weren't necessarily very close to the TV. Mm-hmm. So uh, having the wave bird was nice because you could have one or two people like close, and then the wave bird sitting like further, further away. Back. It was yeah. it was a nice thing. So, but yeah, I'm with you. the The GameCube controller was a solid controller. So I never trusted the wave bird. No, I just had it in the back of my head that because it was wireless, there was a slight delay in everything okay. I was trying to do. See, I never got that. I never, I never felt like there was latency with it. I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying in my head, oh, okay. It seemed like there was, but I know. I mean, I know there wasn't. It was just one of those things. It was more superstitious than anything, right? Because okay. most of the, most of my experience with the GameCube was playing Smash Brothers with my roommates in college. And right. They were always way better than me, so it was just, you know, just like I need any advantage I can get, and if that advantage is point zero zero one milliseconds i'm taking it oh well and even if it's just mental that's yeah. that's that helps yeah, you know in a, in a game like that so yep okay well is, that's everything then right that's Go it ahead. for the controllers okay yeah we're gonna take a quick break and be right back with uh our feedback and roundtable discussions right after this
Welcome back, everybody, to episode 86 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in our feedback slash roundtable discussion segment. Um, and before we get started with that, we have two new Facebook uh, likes and Twitter followers, Corey. Yeah. All right, two new Twitter followers. So that means Corey said he has a shot of booze over there. I brought down three beers, so I will, I will get started on those right now. Even though I know it's bad for my diet, I, I kept my food intake kind of low today so that i could uh i could drink these and not feel too guilty about it what's what's the most diet friendly drink vodka i don't know they really tell you not to drink any alcohol but i think uh you know what it's rum like rum and diet is is the most diet friendly booze that i've heard yeah dan i've probably got two shots worth if you don't want to i don't care no 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 well, I'm not really having cheat day this weekend, so we're your support network. I know. I don't. Let me do two. Let me do two shots. Okay. Yeah, two two beers is probably plenty, especially since I haven't. I had a salad for dinner, so I'll feel this a little more than usual. What kind of dressing do you put on your salad? Uh, I don't know, light Italian. Uh. So, but anyway, feedback. Let me call it up here. And the dog woke the baby up. Corey did his shot one of his shots so uh this feedback is from idaho jake who says hey guys uh let me move this first thing on my mind is what the fuck are the ravens thinking they got rid of almost every defensive player and a great receiver okay now i can say i beat tomb raider and it said i had 99 percent completion because i didn't have all my guns at 100 percent uh, and since the game is good enough, I am starting a new one so I can get 100%. On Netflix, I suggest you watch Kevin Hart's Laugh at My Pain. Uh, it is hilarious. It will have you quoting it. That's all from me. Uh, I don't know what the Ravens are thinking, uh, Jake. The I didn't see. I, I had heard about their defensive players, but I didn't hear which ones. Do you remember which ones they got rid of? I have no idea. Okay. I'm not paying attention. Um, I, it's an Eric question. Yeah, that that is an error question. I know they traded Anquan Bolden. Where did he go to? Uh, San Francisco. And really? I guess they got really nothing back in return. Uh, it was like a six-round pick or something. Really? It wasn't very high, and I was like, wow. Anquan Bolden is a great receiver. He looked great in the playoffs especially. Yeah, he did. Wow. Um, so that, that does stink for them. I know they had to clear out a lot of cap space because yeah. of, uh, of the the Flacco contract. So, mm-hmm. um, But, like – I. They still have Torrey Smith, though, right? Yeah, they still have Torrey Smith. Um, Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones. So they ha- they have good receivers. Maybe Jake will fill us in on uh, which defensive players they cut because I'm not really sure. I just heard about it today, actually. Um, during hockey season, I try not to pay too much attention to football stuff. So um, I don't – Go ahead. It, I, football, to me, seems like the sport that – well, I guess it would probably be basketball. But, well, that's probably because their rosters are so small. But in terms of, like, transactions and all that stuff, it always seemed like football is the one where players don't really get traded and stuff, you know? No, there's not There's not as many trades in football, only because I think because of the strategic nature, you really have to have players that fit into your system. Mm-hmm. Uh. And a lot of times those players aren't necessarily available on other rosters. Um, you know, the, the people the people that are available are are, you know, like mostly secondary players or or, or or troubled players, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do need a very specific set of players. Whereas you know, chemistry is a little something easier to find in like basketball, especially like 
um, and and hockey. You know, you can because because you have different your different lines and stuff. You can you right. can fit in players a lot easier into a system than than in football. Um, plus the whole playbook thing. You know, knowing knowing the team's playbook is is half the battle. Is yeah, very important. Yeah, so they have to have all that memorized. So there's not not the need for extensive communication. You know, they get quick communication. I think that's that's another part, at least part of the reason. Um, Idaho Jake also beat Tomb Raider. We'll give you a round of applause for that, Jake. Good job. Um, that's a that's a sweet game. Uh, I'll let you know during the last segment whether last segment whether or not I played anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah, what? You're teasing. I, I I may or may not have. Um, but yeah, it is a great game. I think I will do another playthrough when if and when I'm done with it already. You know. Um, just because it was such an enjoyable game. I, th- I think now that I have a better grasp on the control system, like especially the beginning will be a little less. It wasn't frustrating, but you know, trying to figure out the controls at the beginning is a little hard. Um, I'm actually hoping they have a new new game plus mode. Uh, I think that would be cool to start at the beginning of the game with all your stuff unlocked. That would be that'd be great, actually. I think a lot more games should have that. What, oh, I talked about uh, Saints Row the Third not having one. I think that's another game where a uh, new game plus mode would, would fit in really well. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely we'll be playing through Tomb Raider again. Um, and then on Netflix, Kevin Hart, laugh at my pain. I know a little bit about Kevin Hart. Mostly what I know of him is, uh, from four year old virgin where he threatens to shoot up the stereo store. Cause the, the black salesperson won't give him a deal. <laughs> He's a funny dude from what I hear. Yeah. That's what I hear too. I, I haven't really seen any of his stuff, but I'll, I'll definitely no check it out if if i can remember after this podcast is over a lot of times i i forget everything we talked about immediately when we're done so um yeah i'll, I'll give it a look mm. i also i i knew kick ass was on netflix for a while so i searched for it today because i wanted to watch it again since the new one's coming out i have it on dvd but we don't have a dvd player i guess i could watch it on the computer but uh not on netflix anymore i have to buy it separate or but not, yeah now that i realize i can just play it on my computer that that'll be fine but I, I really wanted to watch that again after seeing the trailer for kick-ass 2 great it's movie. good flick it is a good flick did you see kick-ass well no oh, watch it it's it's great is it on netflix still no no i have it on dvd though okay if you want to borrow it yeah sure i have to will doesn't DVDs. will doesn't go see movies that have a swear word in the title oh that's right because then he then he has to say the swear word when he buys the ticket <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Good point. No, that is a movie I actually will see in the theater, and I never see movies in the theater. I think The Hobbit is the first movie in years I've seen in the theater, but I'll see Kick-Ass too yeah. in the theater. But anyway, moving on. Feedback. Uh, so thanks for that, Idaho Jake. Uh, oh, did we get defensive players cut? Uh, Kruger, Ed Reed. Really? Uh, Ellerby and Pollard. That's like the whole defense, and uh, and obviously Ray Lewis is gone because he's retired. So, well, they still have Suggs. Yeah, they still have Suggs, but Kruger was a defensive lineman, and the rest I think are all defensive backs. Ed Reed, uh, Ellerby was Ellerby was a linebacker, wasn't he? I think he was a defensive back, or no, I don't know what Ellerby was, but I think Ellerby was a was a linebacker. And uh, Pollard, Pollard's a safety. Okay, yeah, that stinks, man. But you know they still have a good offense. I think they'll still be good. They they probably actually have players that'll fill in those roles. And probably not as well. Obviously, you're not gonna. Uh, and, and Ed Reed is a hard player to replace. But mm-hmm. um, is it Keaton Ellerby, or is that the Keaton hockey Ellerby player? Keaton Ellerby is the hockey player. Okay, man. 
Is it what's the what's the first name? I'm not sure. I don't know either. Keaton Allen. Keaton Allen. Oh boy. Anyway, moving on. Twitter feedback. Um. Oh, I I tweeted uh I tweeted about Call of Duty and uh. Chase or multi-direct one on Twitter said, uh, "You thought it was impossible to hate Call of Duty? Well, check this shit out. Uh, now you have to be online even when you want to play campaign." I did not know that. I didn't know that either. That's crazy. I Is didn't that... see that. Where did that come from? I don't know. That's just that's what he said. That's no good. Um, and then moving on, we tweeted obviously researching game controllers for tonight's episode. Any really obscure ones you think deserve a mention? Uh, Michael in Minnesota or MNLs87 said no but there's something I loved about the Nintendo 64 controller I couldn't agree more I really like really like that controller um, I think part of it's because it's a little strange yeah um, it was radically different it was I was gonna say it was radically different now but even like back then it was radically different than any anything else you could you could imagine mm. we didn't talk about PC gaming but really, PC gaming hasn't changed much over the past 20, 20 years, years with yeah. keyboard and mouse, obviously. Obviously, stuff has gotten better, but... Um, and, you know, there's for PC, there's a lot of peripherals, so once we get into peripherals, we can talk about that. The the joysticks and stuff that are used for flight sims. We'll get into that, that sort of stuff. Um, the Steel Battalion controller. Yeah, this, yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff is will be interesting to talk about um and then idaho jake said nintendo's power glove which we did talk about but we'll talk about it a little more in depth when we do a peripherals episode excuse me so that'll do it for feedback this week light on the feedback for this week uh... you still there i'm still there i'm i'm making sure all my windows are closed hi Corey. Okay. All right. Oh, well, hey. let's get in. Let, let's get into roundtable. Uh, I, I gotta think... do this second shot. Do you? Oh, okay. Do you want me to go first? Because mine isn't gonna be as expensive yeah. as Sin yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's let's do it. Um. <sighs> basically, my article is on the leaked footage in the Star Wars newest take on the battlefield in Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. This has been going on Kotaku. I don't know the past couple of days. Couple days. Yeah. Um. But basically, LucasArts made a downloadable game called Star Wars First Assault, and it's a multiplayer shooter. And it's supposed to be like Battlefront Three. It's supposed to be, but it's like mixed of Call of Duty and Battlefield. Everyone seems to think it's gonna be like a precursor to Battlefield Three, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that a, somewhere. A, like a bridging the gap. Yeah, yeah. To it. So um, basically, LucasArts, when they ended up getting bought out by Disney, was planning to release this game for the spring. But because LucasArts got bought out by Disney, Disney put put all the games, the Star Wars games, on hold. So they could figure out where they want to take the Star Wars franchise. Ah, oh, yeah, that's awful. Um, and Co- thirteen thirteen. Yeah, thirteen thirteen got nice. Yeah, I feel like exactly what I wanted to happen. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, go ahead, you can finish your um, finish your points. But uh, the LucasArts wanted to release this game for in the spring, and Kotaku recently just got uh, the okay to be able to release the some like a. Uh, Twenty-two video. second gameplay video yeah. of it, um, and it's when every like when it was still very early in its production. Like LucasArts had a lot of extra time to work on it, and like had it pretty close to being able to be launched because LucasArts got bought out by Disney. All the games got got put on hold. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to say um, I think 
the Star Wars video games were kind of, I feel like, what kept Star Wars going, going. you know. Uh, the Old Republic, despite its issues, was was a, a pretty good MMORPG, I thought. Uh, I know the uh, Force Unleashed games were a little bit overrated or not overrated but they didn't they didn't turn out as well as they sounded like they were going to be but there's a lot of great star wars games out there you know um the battlefront games i know you were a big fan awesome of, yeah and they were awesome I, I the movies i think kind of ruined people a lot of people with star wars but I, video games i think were still were still Good. pretty going pretty strong uh even the lego star wars video games were doing doing pretty well so that's that's a little bit disappointing that uh Disney feels they need to get their dirty paws on, on, stuff. on LucasArts video games. And it's kind of sad to see a game like this that, you know, might be pretty cool, get put on hold in Star Wars 1313, which is one of the biggest games that uh, people were excited about excited from E3 about. last year. Yeah, because people were wondering, it just pretty much disappeared, yeah. and nobody brought it up, and they were wondering what's going on. But I guess uh, Disney said that they wanted to put all the games on hold so they could figure out where they're going to take the Star Wars franchise, which makes me think they're going to focus on a movie first. Yeah, but Lucas Arts is the games division. It's not not the movies division, right? I mean, I don't know. Lucas Films is the the movies. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's Two different companies, really. Hmm. But I found that very interesting to see that, and I didn't know that. Did, uh, did you watch the footage? Yeah, it, it looked really good. Yeah, I did, and it was like I said, it was still really early in like production. Yeah, the part I thought that w- that was the coolest was when. I don't know if the person was like floating down, but it was on Tatooine mm-hmm. where you're kind of like floating down towards the ground and you looked out over a city on Tatooine. I was like, wow, that looks, it looks, awesome. looks good. And it's a downloadable game too. Yeah. It looked awesome. And also uh, I liked when they had like the, the shields and they were charging up the base and the uh, stormtroopers were shooting at them. Yeah. That's cool too. Yeah. It's a cool concept for a game mm-hmm. and it's going to be like battlefront yeah. and I've wanted a battlefront for a very long time. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's going to be complex. It'll just, be a multi probably Simple. a mul- multiplayer game but yeah. so how did this information come out uh from Ko- kotaku broke the story didn't they yeah from a source i have one second I might say in the beginning of the article I-, I was just wondering like maybe somebody on the inside who was making the game is like if we get some popular support behind this we can we can finish this thing yeah because yeah. if disney sees that behind the leak yeah if disney sees it you know they might have put the project on hold but if they see that people are excited about it, they're going to want to make money off of it so they're going to want to get it out. That, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. I, I, at least it would influence their decision some way or the other. Yeah. I, I get that they kind of want to figure out where they want to take the the, the franchise. But, uh, you know, yeah. with with some tweaks here and there, it might fit into whatever their plan is. Yeah. It sounds kind of like that, that what you said worked, Corey, because they said, like, today we got some images from the troubled shooter Star Wars First Assault. And today we received gameplay video from Star Wars First Assault. They're not saying exactly where they got it, so that could be yeah. huh. interesting. What do you th- do? You, I mean, do you guys think that they are gonna axe potentially these properties like Star Wars thirteen thirteen because it might not fit in with their view of what Star Wars should be? I think it'd be dumb if they axe Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Yeah, especially from all the positive feedback it got from E three. Yeah. Corey. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I get that you can kind of, you can flood the uh, market with, with a franchise and sort of dilute the the potency of all of them by doing that. You know, I know they want to do the movies. Uh, who knows what else they have planned? You don't want to have all this Star Wars stuff coming out like 
you know, all at once. So I don't know. It depends on their master plan. Right. But I know they, they hadn't thought about releasing a movie until 2015. I think Star Wars 1313 was supposed to come out this fall, at least initially. So you're looking mm-hmm. at two years in between. Yeah, no, I think if any of them continue on, it will definitely be 1313. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just because it's already been shown, you know, they they obviously feel good about it. People were salivating over it. it. Yeah, people were excited for it. The concept sounded promising. Yeah. So. Maybe that, uh, but you know, going back to the them wanting to change the direction, maybe they didn't like the feel of a grittier Star Wars game. You know, with with I don't know, I don't know what Disney's vision is for for Star Wars is, but maybe they didn't like the grittiness of of. 13, I don't know 13. about that, just because I mean, you look at who they who they got as a director for the movie. Yeah. J.J. Abrams. I mean, they would obviously want a director that was going to do something within their vision. Right. Uh, I don't think J.J. would make would church anything up to make it more family friendly. You know. Right. He he makes great action movies that are appeal to a, a huge audience, but yeah. they also have, you know, more mature themes in them. Right. Okay. Doesn't doesn't have to be, you know, Disney princess. <laughs> I hope not, because part of the thing that's cool about the Star Wars universe is the grittier, seedier parts of it, I think. and You saw a little bit of that in The Old Republic, you know, some of the seedy things that people got into. Um, And then, uh, well, I mean, Star Wars Galaxies is a bad example because pretty much players did whatever they wanted, but... Yeah, um, you know, certainly some people did some seedy things, and there was your, your bastard bounty hunters that spent their entire game hunting down people who unlocked their Jedi slot just to just, just to kill the Jedi, you know? Yeah. Which I thought I, that was an awesome part of the game, but That's what I man, would do, probably. I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. What do you think that guy is doing these days? That guy that wanted to be the bounty hunter that killed all the Jedis that people worked slavishly to get. You know what that person's doing right now? That person is a thief in the world versus world on Guild Wars. <laughs> that likes to assault lonely travelers and kill them before they even know what's going on. And hide yep. in their stupid stealth whatever. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit in a little bit. Um Okay. Thanks, Will. Yep. That's a that's actually something I did really want to talk about because it's frustrating. It is kind of frustrating <laughs> to see that happen. Yeah, but whatever. Alright, Corey. Let's let's hear it. SimCity. So there's some more SimCity stuff that came out this past week. Uh, I said, and everybody else said, that SimCity, uh, EA was offering refunds on your SimCity. Turns out that wasn't necessarily necessarily the truth. Originally, the Origin Global Community Manager, Marcel Hatam, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, uh, apologized to players in a post on the forums on EA's website uh, and he said this. He said, if you regrettably feel that we let you down, you can, of course, request a refund for your order at Origins Contact Us page. Though we're currently still in the process of resolving this issue. Now, I, I can acknowledge that he didn't say we'll give you a refund, but he did say you could request a refund. Right. I didn't know that's what he said originally. Um, still, I feel like that's a little bit misleading. If they didn't plan on offering refunds, you shouldn't say feel free to request one. Right. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of a dick thing to do. <laughs> but a user posted on Reddit um, later on, once everybody discovered that they weren't actually offering refunds, he posted a, on Reddit a conversation he had over, I think it was over a chat. I read uh, that. With, 
Yeah, with with some EA customer service person. Yeah. And he said he threatened to do a chargeback with his credit card, and the person told him if he does that, he will get banned yeah. from Origin. From Origin, which lit off a firestorm, which <laughs> I, is understandable. That's yeah. that's so stupid. Who? Why would you say that to somebody? Yeah. That's not going to happen. I don't know. Like that is the dumbest thing. Um, I feel bad for that person because they probably got fired. Yeah. Maybe that's what they were told to say. If so, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so then EA had to come back and do some more, uh, what's the word? Some more crisis management. Yeah. Some more crisis management and say, you know, you won't get banned, but we can offer you, you refunds. Uh, come to find out that same user who had the conversation with the customer service rep um, that posted the conversation on Reddit finally got their refund and he did this by i forget what website he went to but he actually got the email addresses to john riccatello yeah EA and somebody else and emailed them uh didn't get to speak with them but spoke to a more personal customer service rep and had a conversation and they ended up refunding him his game which to me is even stupider on ea's part like you're gonna <laughs> give this guy a refund now and all these other people don't get one like yeah because want... because he knew how to track down your your executive email yeah, is addresses. That what we all, is, is that how we all need to? What we all need to do to get our refunds is is email John Riccatello? Is that yeah. the only way to do it? Um. So anyway, that there was that whole crazy thing, and then earlier this week, a bunch of websites started posting how they were able to get the game to play without being connected to the servers. Kotaku had a series of articles about it. Um, Notch, Notch. Minecraft fame yeah. tweeted that he got the same thing working. Which is which is huge, um, but anyway. So they the, the the original argument was that the servers were required to do a lot of the computational stuff for the game, and and that's why they couldn't have an offline mode. Uh, I'll read the original quote from Max's studio head Lucy Bradshaw. She told both Polygon and Kotaku that they offloaded a significant amount of the calcul- calculations to their servers, and that it would take a significant amount of engineering work from their team to rewrite the game for single player. Now, just today. Kotaku came out. Was it Kotaku or was it Polygon? No, it was Rock Paper Shotgun. Yeah. Uh, spoke to an insider who said this. He said the servers are not handling any of the computation done to simulate the city you are playing. They are still acting as servers, doing some amount of computation to route messages in various types, route messages of various types between both players and cities as well. They're doing cloud storage of save games, interfacing with Origin and all that. But for the game itself, no, they're not doing anything. I have no idea whether why they're claiming otherwise. It's possible that Bradshaw misunderstood or was misinformed, but otherwise I'm clueless. So that's pretty nutty. Yeah. For an insider, which I think they actually said this person was an engineer. Um, if yeah. not, they were very familiar with the engineering side yeah. of of Maxis in, in SimCity. Uh, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous to me. In this day and age, you don't lie to especially the gaming community. Because they're going to find out. To justify something. They're a very... They're a savvy. very communicative, vocal, and, yeah, savvy bunch that they're going to they're gonna figure everything and anything out. Um, and I'd say they're, they're... It's harder to lie to the gaming community than it probably is any other community on the internet, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, because yeah, they can do a lot more to figure everything out. Yeah, if you're going to lie about the technical background of your game, you're... That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she was uninformed or misinformed. I don't know. Um, 
But still, I feel like they would be having a lot of meetings about this and figuring out the best way to approach it and how to answer it and all this crap. And I feel like they screwed the pooch. Um, did you guys see read any of the articles about the Kotaku trials with the being disconnected? Yeah, was it uh, Stephen Totilo who unplugged? Yeah, he got his... it working for like twenty, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah, without issue. Yeah. And the only time the issue came was when the city needed to communicate with. Uh, one of the other cities in the region for whatever reason. Yeah, I didn't realize um, it wasn't connected to the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just to close off, that person said, it wouldn't take very much engineering to give you a limited single-player game without all the nifty region stuff. Which brings me to the final sort of conclusion about this whole mess is the peop- the two biggest issues people had with the game was that it was always online and that you couldn't build a giant mega city. You were limited and you had to specialize and you couldn't do that. Um, and I feel like the small city was a result of the always online. And if they got rid of both of them, you could have your giant city and not have to have separate cities specializing. You could do everything within one city. Everything would be hunky dory. Everybody would be happy. EA would probably, I don't know if it would sell better, but they would get a lot better rap than they're getting now. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, well, that's, those are the SimCity updates. There's, there, I have an, I have an update that I was reading about earlier today, and that's with the if you follow a specific citizen in your city, um, when they leave their house and go to work, they take the absolute shortest possible route to go to work, um, and they, which the shortest might not always be the easiest way. You know, they'll be taking trying to take back roads when they can get on the highway, get there a lot faster. But do, you mean, do you mean shortest distance or shortest time? Shortest distance. Okay. Shortest distance, no matter what. Not only that, but they don't go to the same job every day, and they don't go home to the same house every day. So they're, they're just going to the nearest place they possibly can, which is causing huge traffic jams. So the game itself, the AI in the game itself, is is basically broken because, no, obviously, we don't live like that, you know. If I go to work, if I if I go to work, yeah, I may go the shortest distance, but I don't stop at the at the I don't stop to go to bed for the night at the closest house that I can get in from where my job is. You know, that's basically how how that worked, and that's why all the weird traffic jams were happening because people were they were clogging up back streets instead of going on like highways and stuff, which I guess was a little bit of a problem in SimCity Four too. Um, but you know, the the problems were magnified in in the new SimCity because of the the always online stuff. So yeah, the, I did not see that. That's yeah, very interesting. I caught that on uh, some someone tweet. Oh, it was uh, um, uh, Chris Clue from the Minnesota Vikings that tweeted that. Um, it, they had posted about that in the in the forum someplace. Um, uh, someone was getting a cost, uh, customer service representative to respond, and that's that's what 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 it boiled down to. I think I might have read about that on Kotaku today too, um, or maybe Destructoid about about the the AI problems with the game too. So it's not just the DRM stuff and online stuff; it's the actual game is the AI is really bad. In other words, so that's crazy. Yeah. It makes me feel so okay with my returning it to amazon yeah well uh i mean let's 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 talk about that a little bit uh do you think do you think ea is going to be able to sweep this one under the carpet eventually with with time and, and and ironing things out do you think or do you think the 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 shit storm is gonna finally be this shit storm is finally gonna be their downfall I don't know about their downfall, but I think it's definitely something they will never, ever, live down. ever live down. Right. 
I could see future us like in the year twenty one hundred talking about you know EA's botched SimCity botched SimCity launch. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things like they they've been sort of building this snowball of hate that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden they come out with this gross pile, and now everybody has something easy to cite and say like this is the perfect example of why we don't like you. Yeah. And uh, I give Rock, Paper, Shotgun a lot of credit because the one guy there, uh, I forget his name, but he came out with an article that said, like, I can't believe, like, some people are trying to justify what EA is doing with your cons- your rights as a consumer. Yeah. How could, like, this is ridiculous. How could, how could anybody want to justify this? Well, even, like, you read in the comments and the people that are standing up for Maxis and or EA, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, how, why would you do that? I, yeah. I I think they probably don't know really what's going on, maybe. But if you're a commenter yeah. on a video game website and you post in the forums or in the in the comment section, you probably at least have some idea of what you're talking about, I would think. Um, but man, maybe not. Yeah, and you know, we're of the mind that it's it's a business. You know, yeah. they're there to make money, and if you if people want to pay it, that's fine. But this is a totally different ball game. This yeah. is this is just absolutely ridiculous that people are paying for this game, can't play it. Uh, what you say is happening is not happening, and the AI is broke. AI is broken. Yeah, and the in the game, yeah, exactly. The game isn't doing what they say they say it's doing, and it's just like you're you're lying. Yeah. In in and yeah, okay. If that's how you want to run your business, that's fine. But me and a bunch of other people aren't going to buy your games anymore. Yeah. And it sucks because I hope they go out of business. I don't hope people lose their jobs, yeah. but I hope EA goes out of business. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's like you said. It's it's just another. I think it's another nail in their coffin. It may be the nail in their coffin. Who knows? We'll we'll find out. You know, months and maybe even years from now. Maybe that's why they won't give a refund. Because if they did, they that'd be the yeah. end of it. Right. Oh, well, that so could much be. Money. I yeah. never even thought about it from that perspective. How do you feel about the uh, great investigative reporting done by the? Done by the gaming, gaming uh, media outlets. Which ones? All of them. They're yeah. all do. They're all doing their own versions of investigative reporting. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think they're. I if you wanted to argue that so, that these ones are, you know, on the on the payroll of EA, I don't, I don't think you could, you know, because right. because because they're all coming down so heavily on it. And you know, saying stay away from it, don't buy it, whatever, and 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 publishing all their articles, the the negative articles for it. So, um, I think that, I think that's a the positive for for games media too. I, I wish uh, you know our normal media would would do stuff like that. You know, I think the world would be a better place if regular yes, media would do stuff like that. The the one thing about it is this this Sim City thing is huge right now, right. and if. It looks so good for Rock Paper Shotgun yeah. or whoever else to come out and say, "Hey, look what we found." This this is more money for Rock Paper Shotgun. They're not coming out and say, "What do people love right now?" They're not coming out and saying, Call "Oh, look at this League of Legends oh. exploit. What a pile of shit this is." You know, it's well, yeah. I mean, self-serving to a point, I think, but I also think yeah. it, it's it's good for the consumer to be aware of the 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 issues that are are going on with this game. You know. Sure. And always on DRM. I, I, I'm hoping that that the the negativity that EA is getting, because there are some of it, I think, for Diablo 3, but I think Blizzard has a lot more apologists than uh, than EA probably does. 
um, people that were willing to to take it and and not complain too much about it. I mean, there was certainly we complained about it, and there's plenty of other people. But I, I think they, bl- smoothed, bl- they smoothed it over very. Easily. They, they they did smooth it over, and I, I think this was this this hate hate mongering is going to last for a little bit longer. Yeah. Which is good because I I think in the end that's good for the consumer. I I don't think people want always on DRM and and hopefully this sends that message that you know you're you're uh, playing with fire. You know, this would be a good time to give Civitas a plug, the Kickstarter city simulator yeah. game. Yeah, I had read that a lot of people think that's kind of a, kind of a scam. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it could be. I, I honestly, I haven't looked into it. I've just seen it posted lots of places. Yeah, because um, I, I haven't checked it out myself, but a lot of people seem to think that the developers, the supposed developers for the game, don't have much experience, um, and that the the uh, the goals for the project are a little too lofty for like a first time development studio. I didn't look into it myself. I probably should have, but. I didn't you know what I'm it. doing if I'm them then? You know, I have all this money on top of whatever I I needed. I uh hire I, people. I hire somebody. Yeah. That maybe then maybe that's what their plan is. I don't know. I haven't checked it out myself. But it's also a good time to plug uh Gog that you can get is it SimCity 2000 off of for like 5 bucks. Um and then Steam has SimCity 4 for like 15 maybe. Um, play those games instead. I know probably a lot of SimCity fans have played them to death, but if you're looking to get into SimCity, play, you know, play, play the older games, yeah. definitely. They're, they're, they still hold up and are classics even to this day, so check those out. And there's other SimCity or uh, City Builder games. Tropico is another one that you might want to check out, too. So I like uh, Anno 1404 or 1440, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I the think... Dawn of Discovery. That's a great game. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Excuse me. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it on Reddit, Corey, but when when the EA stuff kind of started hitting the fan, Steam had a sale, for, at least for a few hours, um, of games that you could – city building games that you could play um, offline. <laughs> While you're waiting for the while you're wait, yeah, <laughs> and I, I I I never saw it myself, but someone tweet like uh, post on Reddit the like screen cap of the Steam main page, and that that's what it said. I just I don't know what goes through their heads. You know, if I'm in that boardroom, I'm sitting there telling everyone we have to get the launch right. People are very skeptical of what's going to happen yeah. if we botch the launch. We're sunk. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't. I'm sure somebody said that in there, but oh, I have to. It's just. It's it's. You know what? I think it's the the higher ups, the suits that are 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 like, no, we have to have this to combat piracy, and the 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 coders and stuff are probably like, well, you, you know, you got to make sure you have the server capacity. You know, the 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 IT people are probably we're probably saying you have to have the server capacity, but they 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 wanted a way the the pros and cons of, of having too much, you know, they didn't want to have too much because that would cost extra money that doesn't need to be spent. So they end up not having enough and probably yeah. killing the game. It's a lot cheaper for them to screw over a whole bunch of people than it is to make sure everything runs smoothly. Do you think it is? Or at this point, do you think it's, it's it would have been better for them to, to pay too much and make sure they had enough server capacity? Well, so that, so mean, that yeah, ran smoothly. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but right. you know, in, in general, Every online launch is is pretty much troubled yeah. for games. 
Uh, I'm sure there's an exception here and there, but for popular launches, there's always issues. Yeah. And the reason there is is because they, they don't want to spend the money to make sure it works. They want to. It's a lot cheaper for them to wait and see and then adapt from there. Yeah. You know, granted, people get pissed off, but in a lot of situations, people get over it. Yeah. People love uh, what game came out that had an issue, and people loved. I mean, Star Wars. Yeah. When it came out, Old Republic for weeks. Had some issues. You couldn't get into it. You, you you'd have to wait in queue for like two or three hours for yeah. weeks yeah. after it came out. People got over it. You know, EverQuest. I remember when EverQuest Two came out, there were issues. Did Guild Wars have issues? I think if they did, they were very minor. I don't remember having to there's, wait, ha- not being queue, able to log in. Was there a queue? Wasn't there? Yeah, I feel like I remember sitting in like a 90-minute queue. I don't remember that I at all, but maybe. Either, yeah. I'll, I'll look it maybe up. I'm thinking of Diablo. Diablo. One of them had like a timed queue, and you could actually see your place in line. That was the Star old, Wars. That was the Old Republic. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was definitely Star Wars. Because I, like, I would be at work, and I'd text my wife telling her to log me in. <laughs> That's right. And then if I did get in before I got home from work, I would have her move me around occasionally so I wouldn't get logged out. Yeah, um, just because for- it took so long. I forgot you did that. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I didn't play Guild Wars right at launch, so I wouldn't know. Right, you didn't have a PC at the time. I don't remember there being problems, but I, I you know what? I think maybe the first few hours, I think it was only a few hours that yeah. they had trouble getting people in, and then after that, it was it was smooth sailing. I want to say, oh, I think, yeah, I think what happened was, is, or is, am I thinking Diablo? Maybe like... But once again, um, this is, it's an MMORPG, and you have to play online. It's a game that you have to play online you know there's no yeah. there's no offline about it so um you don't need to play some city online right I'm, I'm i tend to be a little more forgiving for mmorpgs because you have to play online but i, I want to say maybe the first night like after midnight i couldn't play it but i woke up early the next morning was able to play it and never had a problem after that yeah yep with diablo i had like a couple days of a problem and then yeah. after that it's fine yeah so it was the same here i i I think maybe I couldn't play it for like 24 hours yeah. after it launched, which for a single player, because I, I played the entire game single, single player. player. I might have played multiplayer for a few minutes, but. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to figure out what to do with my SimCity copy because I don't even have an urge to play it anymore. So, I don't know. Well, you're stuck with it. Well, because if I give it back to GameStop, they're going to give me like 20 bucks. Can you give it back yeah. at this point? I know you can return a game within like three days. I want to give it back to them and be like, I can't play it. Still. Still. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. I think that's everything we wanted to cover, right? Yeah. We'll keep you posted on this story, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with what we played this week, right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 86 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, we are now in what we played this week segment. Uh, apparently, none of us really played all that much, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Will, did you play? What did you play? I played probably an hour's worth of Call of Duty 4. Um, the only noteworthy thing that happened is one of my first games back, I went like 32 and 5. Wow. Yeah, with the P90. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw I had a, like I needed to get like thirty kills to get the highest uh like it, with challenges in that game if you get one hundred and fifty kills you get a thousand experience points and I saw I was like thirty off for that I was like oh I'll use it for a couple games and I ended up getting it in like one game nice so I was like I was pumped but did you play with Eric I did not get a chance to play with Eric yeah I played a little bit with my friends out of every game I played I had one lobby that was modded where 
I would jump and I'd jump up into the air and they kept on calling in helicopters and killing us and oh, we couldn't okay. kill them type of thing. But other than that, everything was fine. I didn't have any problems getting into games either. That's good. For Team Deathmatch at least. But uh, still fun. Nice. Solid game. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that, that's everything? Yeah, I like, mean, I tried playing some SimCity, but... Oh, still had trouble? Still had trouble, yeah. Okay. Well, like you said, you had baseball, too, so... Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to do a real lot, so... Okay. All right. Corey, what do you got for us? I, I too, played a little bit of SimCity. Uh, I grew my original city, Dusty Bluffs, a little bit. Just tried to uh, get more population in there, tried to unlock a few more buildings. Doesn't look like I'm going to be able to do much more with it where it's at. Um... I'm finding that I'm running out of water, and water is not renewable. Will? You're having a water problem? I can send you water. Not even when it rains? No, I I don't think so. No, I don't. Once, once you're out of water, you're out of water, and it sucks because we're on water. I don't know if there's a, a building or something you can use to purify water. I haven't gotten that far, so I don't know, but, you know, I'm running out of water. That reminds me, my problem is I'm running out of electricity. My solar, or my wind, uh, windmill stopped working, so I had to have uh, solar panels, and that's not providing enough energy, and, like, my buildings are catching on fire. From, like, brownouts? Yeah. Really? It sucks. I, I tried buying power from Corey, but it won't send any. Huh. Probably because I didn't have enough. Yeah, that must be. I should have enough now, though, because I built a nuclear power plant. Nice. Right in the middle of some residential uh, <laughs> zoning. It's like they uh, too happy about that. It's like Springfield and The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Boy, did that lower morale. Yeah. Uh, but the way water works is you look at the the water saturation map, and you you know you put your water towers where the dark blue is, or your water pump where the dark blue is, because it's more concentrated water. But as time goes on, it sucks the water out of there, and it doesn't come back. So I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Uh, but my time with SimCity is short because I am sending it back to Amazon soon. Who knows if they'll give me a full refund? I don't really care anymore. As long as uh, you get some of your money back, you'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I spent 60-some bucks on that thing. Yeah, 65 with tax, I think. And I am I was just going to do it through Origin, but I'm glad I did it through Amazon. Um, Amazon offered the $20 credit thing. So, uh, did I talk about that? No. I, yeah, I was just going to come home and get it on Origin the day it came out, but I saw on Amazon the day before it came out that they had the $20 promo credit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I should have done that. It's too late. It comes out tomorrow. But then I realized with Amazon Prime, you can do next day delivery for 4 bucks. Huh. So I was like, yeah, spend 4 bucks to get 20 Why not? Yeah. So I did that. Yeah, well, when I when I order pre-order Bioshock Infinite that because you know Steam has their their deals too but Amazon has uh if you buy Bioshock Infinite from them I think both digital and the hard copy you get $30 to spend on another 2k games oh wow so I'll probably use that to to at least say Steam or Amazon Amazon Steam has their own their own deals uh you get a copy of Bioshock for free which I already have that actually Chase gifted me um so I've got a copy of Bioshock and and the other stuff Oh, it, XCOM was one of them, which mm-hmm. I already have too. Um, right. So, so, so the the Amazon thing works out a little bit better. I'll probably use it to leverage the cost of uh, rebuying Borderlands too. Mm. So, I think I have like three versions of Bioshock here and there. Oh yeah, yeah. I just finally got my first PC version. I've I had it. I had it on Xbox forever, but. Mm. 
when I sold that, I gave it away, obviously. So, yeah. Okay. I got to I got to do that. What trade? Um, but anyway, the other game I played was an iOS game called Knights of Pen and Paper. Uh, it was it's an RPG developed by Behold Studios. Two bucks. Uh, I had heard it was a ninety nine cents. When I looked, it was a dollar ninety nine. I don't know if it was on special or, or what the story was. Um, but I got it for a dollar ninety nine. It's it's really kind of cool, and it was made. Uh, what's that engine? Unity, the Unity engine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a homebrew game, and essentially, you play the role of the game master and the players of a pen and paper RPG. And what you're looking at is the table that they play on. And the dungeon master, you can choose the skin of the dungeon master. Um, and then there's five, four or five seats on the other side of the table as the dungeon master. And you fill those seats with characters, and you choose which character you want to put. And each character um, that you put in a chair has a certain benefit to it. So I chose the nerd and the grandma. So I only had two players playing. You can choose up to five. I could have had three more. So the nerd and the grandma were playing, and then you choose the nerd and the grandma's class of the character that they're playing, um, that they're role-playing for the game, the pen and paper RPG. And, you know, each of those characters has their own spells and abilities and stuff. So it's kind of fun to try and match uh, the player to the character that they play. It's just like an added element um, that's unique to this kind of game. And I can't remember, I think I chose like a paladin was the nerd, and the cleric was the grandmother. Um, and it's really cool. You're, you're Essentially what you do is you kind of make the quest and then have the, you also play the quest as the players. Um, so you can choose like battle, and you choose which enemies you want the players to fight and how many of them, and then you enter the battle. And obviously the harder you make the challenge, the more experience and money they'll get. And likewise, the less amount of players you have. I only had two. I got a lot. Um, you know, every battle was more rewarding because I only had two players. Uh, but it's 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 fun, and there's like a 20-sided die roll that you do every now and again. That's You're obviously not rolling a die, but it's kind of random in that regard. And If you roll low, there's some penalties you get. If you roll high, there's some, some benefits you get. Um, there's shops and, and, and all that crap. And there are... You can buy gold, but I didn't really see a need to buy gold at all until... I died, and when you die, um, you earn gold by playing the game, and, and when you die, you have to revive a character, and the only way to do that is with gold, and it got to a point where both my characters died, and I didn't have enough gold to revive them, so I would have had to either start all over again, or pay money, like real world money, to buy more gold to revive my characters, which kind of sucks, and that's when I stopped playing. Uh-huh. Um, but it is really cool, there's there's a lot of like nerd humor and, and jokes pen and paper rpg jokes between the dungeon master and the the people that are playing okay um there's like a world map and it all has kind of cute and funny names and it's it's, it was a lot of fun but like i said i'm not the type of person to spend any amount of money on a game i've already purchased yeah Um, and you know i had played it enough that i got a good feel for it and decided that i liked it and uh also played it far enough to decide that when i died i didn't really want to return to it and do a lot of that all over again, mm-hmm. even though I could have given myself a totally different experience by playing new classes or uh, playing new characters playing the classes. There's a lot of customization you can do with that, and, and that's all fun. Um, but I, I definitely recommend it for two bucks. You know, these these games are hard to beat. They're really addictive and, and fun and creative, and you know, for two dollars to get that that much out of uh out of two dollars is is always worth it in my opinion yeah i just checked and it's available for android too 
There you go. So I'm probably going to look into it because I haven't. I don't have any mobile games on there except Angry Birds Star Wars, which I've already played. How much was it? Free. Is it free? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there's there's like one little ad that you look at when you first boot up the game that okay. you just X out for the free version. You can pay like two dollars for it or three dollars or whatever. Okay. But uh, there's no need for for that, you know. Okay. Oh, for what? You mean Angry Birds? Angry no, Birds? No, the oh yeah. the the Knights of Pen and Paper was one ninety nine, same as same as uh, as on iOS. So. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Corey. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no. I played a little Guild Wars, but uh, nothing nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, played more NHL. More of the same. Yeah, you never. I mean, your drunken week you wanted, or our drunken week, I should say, not your just yours, but we, we you wanted to talk a little bit more about NHL, and you didn't. Did we talk about that last week? I don't remember. No, I've been either. playing it on and off here and there. It's it's still a good you know time killer, good twenty five minute time killer. Yeah, play a game. Um, but it's just as much as I I I don't I don't want to say I like it, but as much. You get... As entertaining as the game can be for me, it's frustrating because they're and we've talked about this a million times. There's no flow to the game whatsoever. And yeah. You never, you never feel like you're. You never feel like there's momentum swings or you know. There's never really an exciting moment. All goals are bullshit for the most part. Yeah. Um, and well, that's frustrating. Well, you get what they were trying to do with the game. You're just not sure if you like yeah. it or not. I definitely. I've said from the start. I, I get it, and I think there is some value there. But when it takes away all of what made the game a lot of fun. I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. That's just my opinion. I I, I probably won't buy the next one. You say that now. Yeah. He's a little <laughs> bit better at that than me and Eric. That's true. Yeah, I, I've I, already I mean, sworn I'm him off. sure about this last one. Um, we had all played the demo, and you guys were, were pretty heavily down on it. I yeah. was just okay with it. Um, but I knew we were going into the lockout. I wanted to wanted to have some hockey in my life, and that's why I got it this go around. Yeah. Um, I think I've at this point I've probably played it enough to get my money's worth. I can trade it in. Okay. If you decide to do so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, trade in everything soon. Yeah, while well, it still has value. Yeah. Okay. All right, the only thing I ended up playing this week was Guild Wars 2. I didn't end up playing any more Tomb Raider, um, th- at least partially through fault of my own. I, uh, you know, usually nighttime is my Guild Wars time. Um, I, I had planned on playing a little Tomb Raider during the day on the weekend, but uh, my weekend was occupied both days this week, so I didn't have any time where I was home during the day with nothing to do, so I didn't get to play any any Tomb Raider. Um, I probably, I could have at night, but like I said, nighttime is kind of my Guild Wars time. So, um, I did, however, play a ton of Guild Wars, probably from nine o'clock at night, like shortly after my son goes to bed until two or three in the morning every night. Wow. Um, except for maybe, I don't, I think I went to bed earlier on the weekend, but maybe not. I don't remember now, but at least the last, last three nights in a row I've, I've played until very late. Um, but I wanted to give you some stats on my playing. Uh, Guild Wars 2 has been out for 198 days. Um, I've put a total of 425 total hours in my game. 
Um, and 338 of those being on my main character, my Asura engineer. Um, I calculated that. That's 2.15 hours per day that I've spent playing Guild Wars, and that's including the lulls I've gone through. Um, I had one in the fall where I didn't really play for probably a month and a half. And then in February, I didn't really play Guild Wars other than when we raided on Mondays. Um, so, yeah, it comes down to 2.15 hours per day total since the game came out and 1.7 per day on my main character which is it's quite a bit it's a little uh, uh the hours per day is uh under 10 percent. it's like eight percent of my my day is spent playing guild wars um so far um love those stats yeah yeah uh, some people had had over two two thousand hours playing which means they played for like six or seven hours a day since the game came out Wow. Which I find insane, but, you know, if that, prob- probably if I had nothing better to do, that's what I would have done. Is that possible? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have kids and, you know, if you don't work, probably you could do that. Or if you do work and just come home and play Guild Wars till you go to bed. It's impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. That's some fortitude right there. I don't think I could play a game that much. Yeah, that's, even for me, that's that's a lot, but. Um, I'm still working on my legendary. I actually have all the karma I need to get my legendary. I just have the hundred other things that I have to get to get my legendary weapon. I thought the karma was going to be the hard, harder part. Well, I had most of it saved up. Okay. Um, because I hadn't spent any of it since I started playing the game, so I had a lot saved up. And I completed my monthly achievements last night, which gave me t- 10 jugs of, of liquid karma, mm-hmm. which ends out I needed 525,000 karma for my legendary and uh, a jug of karma gives you 40, 4,500. I got 10 for completing my achievement last night. So that's 45,000. But wow. I also used some gold to purchase a karma booster, which boosted it up to like 67 something karma per jug. So uh, I ended up making a lot of it last night. Nice. Okay, but I how also, much do you need for your legendary? How much karma? 525,000. Oh, why? How much do you have? Uh, like a hundred and, 20,000 or something like that. Yeah, once you start farming and once well once you get your legend your monthly monthly achievements and stuff it's it's not too bad. Um yeah. really really the hard thing for me is going to be getting all the money that you need to get all the stuff. Uh you need like well over 100 gold. Dan so, just buy it. I don't have that kind of money. Although I would be tempted cost 100 gold, probably like I would say 150 bucks, 130 bucks. Is it worth it? Not for me. Some <laughs> yeah, people, some people it. probably is, but not for me. Oh, I'm sure some people paid that day one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you need also 500 badges of honor from World vs. World, um, which I thought would be a lot, but I made on because I started a new uh, World vs. World build for my character, which I ended up I didn't like it at first, but now I I really really like it. Um, and I I, I made 65. Um, badges of honor in one in one day playing probably six hours which is pretty good um yeah. with, with my new build I, I i dominate pretty well um i i wouldn't say i dominate but i i've actually been able to kill a thief which is the first time that's i've even ever come close nice yeah because uh like we talked about a little earlier they they can invis and they come up and like backstab you and do a ton of damage and usually like the, but with my old build on my engineer they could whittle me down whittle my health down before before i even knew what happened but with my new build it it stacks confusion which means if the other person uses a special attack it does damage to them Um, so as soon as i get hit the first time i hit my confusion stack things and i stack confusion on them so if they keep hitting me they're doing damage to themselves or even if they invis they do quite a bit of damage to themselves so um 
I, I use that right away, and they pretty much beat themselves to death when they're trying to attack me, um, which, is worked, which has worked really well. It works well on, like, uh, warriors, too. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, stuff that comes at you with burst damage, it, it does a lot of damage, too. I actually had... I. I was having trouble with Zergs at first. I was doing really well, like one on one. I I even took on four guys at once and and killed all of them. Um, wow. Yeah, but I was having a lot of trouble with like those big groups of people. Um, so I started using my Elixir S, which turns me small and invulnerable. I jump into a big Zerg of people. I use my my pry bar, which is what does the stacks of confusion damage. I I hit them and then I jump out and you know let them all beat themselves to death on my confusion. Uh, confusion stacking condition build so works pretty well yeah i feel like people get all up in arms about the un quote-unquote unbalance of the classes but i feel like some of it is just people haven't really figured out the best you know exactly. builds for given situations and haven't figured out how to exploit their classes in that regard yeah absolutely uh, it's it's the game is it's all it's all skill too like if you it's all muscle memory like Part of the problem I had with with first starting my new build was that I didn't have the muscle memory built in. You know the 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 timers that you can kind of count down in your head and uh, for, for the countdowns for your abilities and and what to do in what situation. It takes a while to to build all that up. So there's a big skill aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like you said, like you have to figure out. Um, you have to take your class and and you you figure out like what what you want to be effective in. Like my build is not usually effective for like really big zergs. Um, it's it's better for like skirmishing and you know if I face one or two people or three people or I like I said I even took on four people at once and and killed them all. It's it's better for that. And you there really isn't a uh, uh, one build fits all. You know you you can you kind of tailor your playing style to your build in world versus world. And I don't yeah. think, I don't think it's unbalanced at all. I, I do get frustrated when I fight Nesmers because they clone themselves repeatedly and you can never tell which one is the actual person you're fighting. If you do clone. the control like T to, to target the one, does the target stay on them? Um, it does, but like a lot of times for, for some reason, I don't know if it's my, my keyboard or something like the target goes off of them when I use certain attacks. Uh, it'll come off weird yeah but i don't know if that's just me or you know something something (laughs) weird going on there but i really i like i love world versus world i like it even better now that i'm better at it with a better build um it's a lot of fun i'm also seeing a lot more engineers in world versus world which is different because i i used to never see engine other engineers but i think with the the power of the it's called the pry bar and confusion stacking i think i think they're kind of becoming a like a powerhouse in world versus world because they're so versatile, which is yeah. what I like about the class. Yeah, especially if you get those those big pylons when nobody really knows what the hell's going on, they're just spamming their spamming attacks. their attacks. Yeah, and they beat themselves to death. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I like. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I don't want to talk too much about Guild Wars, but man, I love it. A good no, game. no, I'm I'm with you. I um, think from a consumer standpoint too, I don't think you can spend better money on that game no. because I bought the game for $60. I actually wanted to calculate my, my value of it as compared to like a borderlands two, um, which I also loved, but you know, I spent the, I spent $60 on the game. I've, I've bought gems from the gem store twice for $10, um, which I used to buy fine transmutation stones and some, some experience boosters. Um, no, no, it wasn't experience boosters. It was, I built, I bought karma booster and, uh, magic fine booster um for for gear and uh so i spent 
$85 on the game and I've easily spent, you know, I've, what do I say, 425 hours playing it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, and I don't have to spend a cent after I buy the game, you know, you don't have to spend any money on anything. I just feel like I don't mind supporting them because it's such a good game and, and they don't, they don't take monthly fees. So I don't mind giving them, giving them money every now and then. So, Yeah. That's all I played. I'll probably, when we get done, I'll be playing more tonight um, and not sleeping, sleeping four or five hours tonight. It was funny because in guild chat, uh, one of our guild mates was saying he was watching um, the Make Love Not Warcraft episode <laughs> of South Park. I was like, yeah, that really gets me pumped. It's not supposed to, but it really gets me pumped up to play MMORPGs. <coughs> Dan, our, our mutual friend, Tim, who lives down in D.C., uh-huh. uh tweeted this morning and i thought was apropos to what you're talking about that the only benefit about having insomnia is when you actually do get a good night's sleep the whole next day you feel like you're on crack yeah i could see that because that's kind of how i've been recently it doesn't happen to me very often yeah i haven't been sleeping well and then uh what night was it monday night i just i i that was the night we were supposed to raid yeah I fell asleep in bed at like eleven something and woke up at eight and felt like a million bucks. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you because not uh, not the after the drunken episode, but the week before, um, my son gets taken on the weekends. Uh, you know, he goes visit his grandmother, so I slept until like eleven, which is something that never happens. I very rarely get up before like eight or eight thirty because my son wakes me up. Um, yeah, and I slept from. I probably went to bed at one and slept until 11, which is a really long time for me. Um, usually I get four or five hours a night. So mm-hmm. it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. You know, all right. Anything else? Anybody wants to add? Nah. Okay. I could talk guild wars for hours, but I'm not gonna, I should, uh, you know what I should do is I should have a guild wars two journal. There you go. That I do se- separate from my, my own column. Do it. Why not? Maybe I will. We'll have to see. I encourage it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash thumbstickathletes. Our Twitter page is twitter.com slash athletes or at capital T, capital S, athletes. Um, our website is www.thumbstickathletes.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we always like the intros. We've got a couple now, so uh, keep them coming. Uh, we like to have those to open up our episode. Uh, you can... Call us at 607-527-0547, or you can email us directly at thumbstickathletes at gmail.com. Uh, oh, if you're going to be ordering any of the new games coming out, uh, what's coming out next week? Gears of War? Yeah. Gears of War's 18th. coming out. Yep, Gears of War's coming out next week. The week after that, Bioshock Infinite's coming out. So if you're going to be pre-ordering any of those games, please use our banner on Amazon if you're going to be getting from getting them from Amazon. Uh, just clear your Amazon-related cookies and then place your order, and the Thumbstick Athletes get a little little money for for sending you to Amazon to buy your games. So. Did Eric buy God of War by any chance? I don't know. He didn't say. I'll have to ask him then. I'm going to guess probably not, probably but not. I, I don't know. Gears of War is it, huh? Gears of War is pretty much it for next week, and then there's a few other small games coming out, obviously. Oh, but... Lego City Undercover. Oh, that's a big one for the Wii, definitely. That's Wii one U. I really want to play. Wii U, yeah. Better Alive 5 for Vita. Need for Speed Most Wanted U. Okay. So there's some Monster decent... Hunter 3 Ultimate. 
There's some decent releases coming out next week. And then, of course, Bioshock Infinite the we- in, in two weeks or a week and, a week and six days from now, which is one yeah, I'm really I looking forward out. to. I'll probably get that on PC. Oh, yeah, you'll definitely want to get it on PC. Why, yeah. wouldn't, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's true. It's going to look a lot better. Yeah. And who knows how long you're going to have your consoles for if you get new ones. You true. Know? All right, um, that'll do it for episode 86 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement.